What's up uh, there, Bradley? How's, a, how's your 2020? Uh, it's been interesting, to say the least. Thanks for having me on, though, boys. Good yeah, thanks for coming on. This is, yeah, uh, you bet. Yeah, we've been trying to line this up for a while, but... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's been like, yeah. <laughs> Since, like, the first episode, we're like, yeah, can we... Yeah. Oh, no, it didn't work yeah, out. Yeah, for sure. Uh, That's okay, though. We're here now. And stuff, but, yeah, the, without our uh, our co-host, uh, Keelan Meston, he's out racing Supercross today. I think he actually uh-huh. had a good moto. He had a oh, really? third. He got a third in one moto. Ooh. I think he went like three five for fifth overall, which is kind of annoying. Yeah. Like he's, if you go three five, you want something better than fifth, but yeah. yeah. Track looked not too bad. Yeah, it looked fun. It looked it looked kind of mellow. Yeah. Yeah. Easy short. I didn't even look time. at it today, honestly. No. Yeah, know. it's like. It, yeah, I guess that's kind of how you want to go for your for the first round, right? Like, uh, you don't want anyone to be getting hurt. But apparently, there was all kinds of takeouts and crashes and stuff. Like apparently, Dylan Wright was like crashing in the whoops, taking people out and the stuff whoops. like that, but. I don't know. I didn't watch it or anything. That's what the tweets say. Yeah, all I heard was Tyler messed up his knee, so that's kind of where uh, my uh, focus was. But um, surgery-wise, or doesn't sound like it. But obviously, he's, he's out now. But um, um, so I guess we should in- start by introducing you. Like Brad is uh, trains for. I guess you can take it away. Yeah, I run a company. Uh, own a company called Migration Unlimited. So I train uh, athletes of. Of all sort of from all walks of life, but we've sort of uh, focused in predominantly in motocross and handlebar sports and uh, extreme sports, so skiing and um, stuff like that. We're kind of getting into more into rodeo and stuff now, and anything that can really uh, hurt you, yeah. we uh, we train you for. Cool. <laughs> so so you train uh, so myself, uh, Tyler Medalia, yeah, uh, Tanner, Tanner Ward. Ward. You've worked with people like uh, Sean and Keelan in the past. Yeah. yeah, in the previous years, yeah. Yeah, there's a, there's a wide range of, of people that we've worked with over the, the past three years now. We've been in business for just over three years, which is crazy. It seems think. longer. I, it does seem longer, but at the same time, I'm also like, man, where did the last three years, like, where did the time go? Because it feels like I just started this, you know, three or four days ago. But at the same time, it's like, you know, the, the grind of a season wears you down, and then you go like, man, it's been a long three years. So it's just perspective, but yeah, yeah, we've had a lot of really, really awesome people coming in and out of the, of the program, and uh, pretty fortunate to be where we're at right now. Yeah. So, and also, you were a professional cyclist uh, back in your prime. Yeah, back in the day, in another lifetime, uh, racing the road and on mountain bikes for. Oh, how long did I race for? Better part of ten years, anyway. Just over a decade, but obviously it's a little bit different than, than motocross. We're not yeah not hitting the big jumps and there's no motors uh, except for ourselves. So similar training aspects though. Right? Yeah, it's kind of where the interest the started was uh, coming from a road background, and it's all to do with your body and how you prepare for for an event or a big goal, and especially if you're riding in a, a sport as grueling as that, it's it's uh, pretty you know excessively dedicated to training and like what you're putting in and out of your body and how you're trying to get the most out of and be the most efficient rider you can be so with motocross it sort of uh it made sense to be like this is a this is a sport where i'm getting i'm getting the gears here i gotta turn this yeah, up yeah, there's a sport where i saw a potential for improvement for a lot of people in terms of their training programs and what i saw that could benefit them um just based on my experience in my own career and then as well as with obviously with schooling and the stuff you learn in physiology and, and with the body um, and yeah, it just sort of rolled from there. It was really there's no like set, no set plan in place. It just it just kind of happened. So, so how did you get to know like the guys in Moto? So it's obviously you trained with uh, Todd at Performax back in the day. Yeah, I did. Uh, I did a year with with Todd at uh, Performax. I met uh, actually how I got my full on start with Moto is I I met Sean Moffenbier. He actually came to Regina where I was going to university at the time to do uh, a VO2 max test that we were running in the lab. 
And uh, so Todd, who was like obviously our mutual friend, was like, hey, I got this rider who's this up and coming kid who's from like kind of like your neck of woods in Swift Current. Um, I think it'd be good to, for him to, to you guys to meet up and maybe you could do some testing with him. So we did a VO2 max and I met him and, you know, hit it off pretty well with him. And then we uh, started training. I was in Arizona for most of my winters uh, on the road and a mountain biking for just off season training and uh, decided to move to California the following year and uh, see what it was like to work with Performex and stayed in the big house there with all those guys and down in Temecula and had a, an amazing experience there and just met so many cool people. And although I was in a very different sport at the time, it's uh, the camaraderie really just meshed with my mental state of what I wanted to accomplish in life after racing. And it was honestly, like I never really fit in with the, with the road industry. I was sort of a, a bit of a meathead, I guess, and a kind of a, like an enforcer role <laughs> wasn't really like a super talent in the road racing world so I was just kind of like this goon drifting around and was like motocross people are more my style of like personality that i want to hang out with and people that i drive with and it just it was just a happier place for me to train even though i wasn't riding dirt bikes at the time so that's how i got my start with uh with motocross i just met those guys down there and had a really good experience and, and a lot of good memories down there was that your first exposure into motocross or did you watch it before going anywhere? yeah so like, my my cousin warren was pretty heavily involved with uh with todd and and with uh sean and they like i, I knew we kind of all knew each other before just because we we're in the same kind of demographic and you're, you're still in the racing community so you know you kind of keep tabs and everything that's going on especially in small town saskatchewan you know of any any name who's gotten out of the the bubble of swift right. current or Virginia or whatever that's sort of branched on an international stage so we knew who each other were but my cousin Warren was, was heavily involved with, with moto and he's always raced and, and ridden lots. And he was a big advocate for what I was trying to do on the, on the road scene and on the mountain bike side. And, uh, yeah, it just sort of, it, like I said, it just all flowed together. It wasn't really like we said that like, we're going to try this. It was just like, it just happened. Yeah. So, yeah. Cool. What's, uh, probably the biggest thing that you find you can help motocross racers with in terms of what you're doing training wise for them? Yeah. So, what I've learned with moto, although I never grew up being a, a dirt bike racer, is that I, I see the there's obviously a personality type that are that are going to be attracted to that type of sport. Road is obviously very different because it's a, it's a totally different sport, but it's any extreme sport or any sport that you're pushing your body to that physical limit, you're going to have a specific type of mindset in, a, in an athlete or in a person. Right. So through the board and all that, it was just like, the, these people, it makes sense why these people are doing this. And I fit into this group. Here's what I learned in my career and what I've learned seeing just from an outside perspective, not being a motocross racer, but seeing what I see in the sport that I do and what you're doing in your training and how things, we kind of coexist and help each other. That's how I got the idea to start migration was because I saw some of these holes in their training and preparation that we do in on the roadside things. Yeah. And then vice versa. Some of the things I was not doing, in like, for example, in the gym, I learned from, from Todd and I learned from a lot of the motocross guys that helped my career in terms of, like, just being stronger and the mental preparation behind the sport you're, you're getting into. Um, you just saw, like, a good cohesive, uh, yeah. like, mesh that just worked for both sides. Yeah. At least I thought, anyway. So what was, like, the biggest or one of the biggest holes you saw from the cycling world coming into the motocross world? It was mostly like the dedication and the, like, precision behind the consistency of the training. It was like, you can go ride and get fit and you can, like, there's, there's 10 different ways to skin a cat. But the biggest thing that I saw, the biggest hole in the, some of the programs that I saw was there's no consistency and no, um, real communication with like, 
Um, I guess I guess it, it, it comes down to the communication with the, the trainer and the athletes and then being calculated in your approach to building a program for a specific goal. It's always just like, we're going to go racing. Like That's like yeah. the overall scope. It's like, well, what do you – if you want to go racing, like what do you want to accomplish? You want to just just be a dirt bike racer, or you want to just be a, a road racer, or like a hockey player, or do you want to like perform at this event? Yeah. So well, that was that was sort of the hole that I saw. And you can you weed people out obviously with that yeah. by being like, do you want to do this like re- for real, or do you want to just do this because it's an image thing? Well, I agree with your like whole calculated approach there, like bringing that whole calculated approach in. Yeah, accountability is the, the word I was searching. The for. Yeah. old school method was just. You work out, grind all day long, then you ride your <laughs> motos, you burn three tanks of gas, yeah. then you go back to the gym, grind, yeah. grind, grind. But that yeah. calculated method you talked about has changed the game a bit in Absolutely. Sport, I think. And then there's a lot that I learned in terms of like with bike setup. I'm still continuously learning with bike setup and suspension settings and, you know, different gear ratios and different, like there's so much involved with racing a dirt bike and even on the mountain bike side of things. And now on the road side of things, there's like little tweaks you make on your machine mm-hmm. that are pretty overlooked and that I overlooked too when I first started this company that I, I had no idea of right I learned that as I you know, was hanging out with Sean and hanging out with Keelan and hanging out with all the guys that I train now it's like man I, I was so naive on like what really makes a full yeah. the full motocross athlete I was just like oh you gotta get in really good shape like duh yeah that'll, yeah. Get, you, that'll get you somewhere it'll get you somewhere gonna, but like yeah. there's, there's a lot going on. on in this sport that's like in road it was like grease your chain and like Let's make sure go. your tires have air and uh, make that'll your body go through you know, astonishing pain and you'll probably be successful. Yeah. <laughs> or it's like wow. it's a little bit different in motocross. Yeah. You can be as fit as you want, but it doesn't matter if you don't know how to ride the bike. If the bike, bike isn't right? comfortable for it, yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Was there anything that the motocross world brought to you training wise? Like you went down with Todd there and stuff. Yep. Like how much motocross brought to you in the training aspect? A lot of it to do with mental prep. So for example, if we're racing criteriums in road racing or you're on a, the start line of a really important, like a big World Cup race or like a, an inter, on an international stage where you're like, you're pretty nervous and it's like, you know the, although you're not worried about like crashing right away, you're trying to think about it, you know the risk involved with racing on the road. We're not wearing like pads or really that thick of helmets or anything. We're like, we're pretty naked out there. Yeah. And you see in motocross, the start of a motocross race, especially on 450s, is fucking insane. You're like how do you prepare for this mentally? Like to go, and then you look at a criterium race or a mountain bike race, it's like same kind of deal. Full sprint into the corner and you're all trying to fit in this one little turn. Yeah. It's like one, only one bike can fit. It's like, how do you prepare emotionally for this amount of stress? So I learned a lot about the ins and outs of the mind game in terms of the psychology of like preparing for a goal through motocross that I never really learned in road. Cool. Which was which was really really interesting. It still isn't very interesting. The more the more people I train, the more riders I interact with, the more I learn with that. Yeah, totally. The mental side is like, yeah. If you you can do it's, all it's the, everything, you can do all the motos you want. You can be absolutely killing it coming yep. into the season, and then yep. you come in and you just don't perform at a race. Yeah, and that's all mental, right? It's yep, hundred percent mental. For sure it is. Yeah, and you you have to have that. Like some of it's genetic for sure, and mo- and most of the stuff that we tell riders like. If you have talent coming in, we've got a we've got like a base point to start with. There's no talent, like it's tough. Like it's yeah. it's you can be as dedicated as you want. You have to have that like ability to turn it on when you right. need to turn it on. Yeah. And some people have it and some people don't, but you can still train that. So it's cool to work with riders that are like they don't have a high confidence level. And you see like that progression. That's like that's why we do what we do. It's like, man, you can see these these riders, especially if they're like a younger kid coming up and they're like, you know, they're shy or they're kind of passive and then they get on the start line, you're like, you're just a killer. Like, man, that is wild how, like, two different worlds are, like, just smashing in together in the start line of a race. Yeah. That's so cool to me. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, I think the biggest thing I learned from from uh, from being on your program is like before I used to just like every anytime I got on the road bike or the the spin bike or whatever, I was just like wide open all the yep. time, like yeah. wide open. Yeah, you're, you're that kind of guy. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's my that's my personality, right? I just wide open. But as soon as I got on your program, I noticed big fitness gains in. Yep doing the base miles, doing the longer rides, lower intensity, just doing that all winter and yep. then ramping it up t- more towards the race season. Yep. So and that's the thing is like, that's how you, if you want um, longevity in this game or any, any sport for that matter, I don't care if that's like tennis or golf or whatever it is, you have to have consistency and you have to have a foundation in place that's going to work for you. You can't just go, I'm going to ride or I'm going to you know compete at this level and go max all the time. You're just gonna you're gonna spike, you're gonna plateau, and you're gonna you're gonna crash really hard. Yeah. You see that in young athletes all the time, and I was one of them. I was like, well, the best way to get faster if I suck is just train my balls off and just just go just keep going. Well, eventually you're like, why am I so tired and I feel so weird all the time? And I'm like I'm like I'm all over the place. Yeah. Your body isn't recovering. So it's it's funny how there's that deceiving game. You see people with that success from grinding as hard as yeah, yeah, totally. and stuff, right? And, and we're told we're taught that right You're from a young age. That and everybody wants to chase yeah. that. But yeah. like you said, it's not sustainable for long periods of time. Well, depending on your sport and stuff. Again, like and genetics play a big part of that. Like some people yeah. can do that and get away with it when they're young especially. But yeah, in the long run when everyone's or if you turn professional and everyone's, you know, really highly competitive and everyone's like at the same you know, got the same mindset going in. They're all killers, they're all wanting to win. It's going to be the little things that are going to separate the big dogs from the little yeah. ones in the end. And then the longevity game, like I said, like you can't win a championship in one race, but you can sure as hell lose it. Yep. So you have to be consistent for, you know, 10, 12 rounds, at least in the States or in, or in the world of, you know, any sport. Yep. If you're, if you're, if it's not just a one-off event, if it's not the Olympics. I mean, it's, you, you have a full calendar to perform. Yeah. And that you, can have go to be a, you have to have a foundation for that to, to be successful. Yeah. And that can go both ways too. I found that like, you can do too much of that just like low end consistency stuff but it's like if you don't get enough high end stuff it's like these kids like all the little the younger kids and yep. they'll they'll blow you away in the first 2 3 laps yep so you need to like really right, they're balance all full that of piss out right? cuz they're young yeah. and they're like just ready to jump at the bit but then you get the old man strength like if you talk about kicking in it's like experience also plays a big part of that you just, you, you don't know until you know right. and then you get the you know the as the body gets used to the training load it's like building, I always talk about this. I'm sure you've heard this in the camps that we run. It's like building a house or building a pyramid. Well, how big do you want to build this thing? If you want to build it really high, you need to have a, a, a much bigger base. Because yeah. if you just build like a pyramid upside down, it's going to tip over really easy. So if you have a huge foundation and a huge base and a huge amount of, we call it like aerobic capacity, then you're able to build an anaerobic threshold on top of that because you have this base established over years and years and years of just consistently grinding away. But you can't just go hard all the time. Like it just It just doesn't work. So it's, it's very methodical and it's very boring sometimes, especially yeah. in the off season, but the riders, especially the younger guys who can see through that bullshit of being like, okay, I just want to go ride and like have fun and go like go max speed all the time, which is good. It's fun. If you can teach them to not, that's not the way to be successful in the long term. If they can see that long 10 year goal, then you can, you can play with something there. Like you can actually see a, a future for this athlete. And there's, I hate to say, but there's, there's fewer and fewer of those coming around now because everyone wants that instant gratification and it just doesn't exist in our, in, no. in our world. In any professional world, you don't have instant No, it doesn't have to be sport. It could be, it could be in business or, or like anything. It yeah. doesn't matter. Yeah. 
Exactly. You can't go, oh, I want to train really hard for like two months and expect to be a world champion. Like that does not happen. Yeah. Well, you can have small wins of instant gratification. Oh, for sure. You're not you going to have that overall, yeah. you know, championship goal. Yeah. Um, you're not Th- gonna that's the, sorry. That's, that's kind of what I'm getting at. Is yeah. the, the championship caliber athlete, they're very, very rare. Yeah. Because to see 10 years down into the future, like you st- and you still want to go through the failure after failure after failure, which is going to happen in any walk of life you're in, if you want to be successful, you're going to, you're going to suck sometimes. And it's going to be shitty. It's going to be painful. There's going to be a lot of sacrifice. You're going to be like, I don't want to do this anymore. But to have those people that just continue to persist and persist and persist and just, like, not give up, you see this, like, the training programs that are in place that are, like, have that solid foundation. And they can, they can come off a big injury, like a, a broken leg or a broken arm, and they miss three or four months and come back and not really miss that much. Yeah, That's what you want out of, like, a quality athlete, in my opinion. That's my goal is to build an athlete that's bomb-proof so when these things happen – or you have a setback because they're going to happen, especially in motocross, you can still recover from that and not lose sight of the end goal. Yeah. And then, yeah, like you said, find little wins along the way that you can you can build off of. Yeah. yeah. And you can, like, it's, yeah, it's hard to really think about it, like, in the moment. Yeah. But, like, in the long run, you think about, like, your anaerobic base, you're building, you're building it wider and wider every year. Right? Every year, yeah. So it's, it's, it's like, again, and every year as you age also, like, you just get physically more mature, especially, like, if you have these kids that are, like, 14, 15, 16 coming into the sport and they're like, like I said, they're all full of piss and get vinegar for two rounds and then they kind of crash. Well, I mean, you got to go through puberty and you have to like mature as a, as an adult and go have all that hormone fluctuation. Yeah. Then as you become, you know, a man or a woman and you start to like level out, then you can start to build an actual foundation and to have proper movements in place. That's another really big thing is you, if you don't have the proper movements in place for your specific sport, you're not going to develop proper neural pathways for that specific type of movement. So if we're if we're developing an athlete from a young age, say they want to be really good at gymnastics. See, they do this in China all the time where they like literally put you in like, it's not right, but they put you in like a school for like your genetic like typing. Type, yeah. Which is fucking crazy. But it's, it, like it's, it's like this person is good at this genetically, but they don't, they're not allowed to play other sports. I'm not an advocate for that. I'd like you to play a bunch of sports so that when you do get into a sport that you find like, this is what I love, this is really what I want to do. You have all these other different neural pathways that have been created yeah. and allow you to develop in a way that is going to help you prevent injury and also going to help you allow you to know what you're good at. Yeah. If you're just forced to do one thing, it's not it's not going to help you later on in that sport because you're going to end up hating it. Yeah, and that even applies to like moto itself. Well, that's that's yeah, that's so what I'm like getting at. Like all I'm these not, people are like, like, do this like in the moto world. Like me and Dom were talking about. We had like a pretty in depth conversation last night. Like so, like what what do we got to do to get to the next level? Yep. It's like, I think you got to ride the most diverse. You got to ride the most the different stuff as you can. Like, don't just stay in Calgary and ride the main track all the time. You got to ride no. as much different shit as you can. Yeah, that's what's going to help you adapt to different. Like, learn how to adapt to different situations. And that's the thing is, you if you can't adapt, you're talking about all the mudders this year, like mud all the mud races. races. Like, that's what I was. Thinking you can't about, adapt right? to the the crazy change in climate stuff. You're not going to do well. Even look at a perfect track. example. of This is Tyler Medaglia. Yeah. Guy rides every kind of bike there is, and you see him. He's just like he's just kind of he's always there. He's always like up front. He's all, unless something got like a motor malfunction, and he has like catastrophic like something happens, he crashes. Yeah. Like you can pretty much guarantee that he'll figure it out on the day, and he'll just get his mind in the in the zone where he has to be because he's done all these other different things. Totally, yeah. that's that's the kind of athlete you want to have in terms of like developing a like a future like ten year plan. Yeah, you want to be diverse. You want to be able to like react to things as they come. 
Well, and that's like you said, you got to be able to take on those other sports. Like you said, they're going to yeah. teach you things like a different reaction time or a different fast twitch. Totally. Muscle, All, the, or, the more the better, especially um, when you're younger, in my opinion. Yeah. Balance is a huge one, right? All those sports are teaching you difference, difference in balance yeah. and everything like that. And you can only strengthen you on the bike. It's not going to hurt you unless you're exactly. hurting yourself doing those other sports. <laughs> yeah, switch. exactly. Unless you're like, you know, riding bulls or something stupid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's just yeah. it's tough though in moto because you don't want to like go ride in the mud because you're gonna fuck your bike up and yeah. and that's that's everything like it's like I come from a sport where like I said you grease your chain, yeah. pump up your tires and give it to the mechanic and say hey I got there's some dirt on my bike, <laughs> wash this sucker off. Yeah, moto it's like that was the other thing when I was down at those camps the first year especially when I met Sean, I couldn't <laughs> I couldn't believe the amount of hours that went into maintaining the bike. I'm like, Whoa. dude, can we hang out? Like, what are you doing? And he's like, oh, I got to, like, I got to change tires. I got to change the chain. I got to change oil. I got to change filters. I'm like, what? That's like, the I just, basics. I just wipe my, <laughs> I wipe my chain off. Yeah. I'm good to go for 200K tomorrow. Like, <laughs> like, let's go. Well, that's why we look at soccer players, and it's like, oh, you got a pair of shoes that last you all year, two years, yeah. three years maybe even, right? Uh, yeah, totally ball. naive and all this stuff. I'm like, what are you talking about? Yeah, like, it's a totally different world. Especially uh, as a privateer or an amateur, right? It's like, oh. you got to do this all on your own. Yeah. That's why yeah. it's so cool to see. Like, it is a it is a shit ton of work, especially yeah. in motocross. Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, it's easy to get burnt out of it, too. Totally. Like, especially, like... Well, I, I've, I've seen you guys all. I'm like, man, you guys, like, I, I, I do not envy you having to go wash your bike after a moto. Yeah, and it's like... Even the summer, like right where oh. packing shit up, moving, unpacking shit, <laughs> setting up the tent, setting up the banners. Oh, uh, mud race. Let's wash the bike for fucking four days. Oh, yeah. we probably put what like three tanks Take into one everything bike apart, every one bolt, day, clean it all off. Full yeah. of mud, like it doesn't happen. Yeah. yeah, that hopefully next year there's none of these mud races, or even just one. I can deal with one or two, just not three in a row. Uh, three in a row is a little draining. Yeah. Yeah, but it's it's all fascinating to me. It's just like, it's such a cool sport. It's a, it's the ultimate mix of like man and machine, and just like there's so much stuff happening that you you would never know. It's like that in every sport, I assume. But like, there's so much going on that I learned even in the last two years, like being on the like in the rigs and stuff, and then what goes on in between motos. I'm like, this is the coolest sport ever. Yeah. Like, this is what I want to be a part of. And this is like, yeah. and I could you can see that potential and like how it's going to progress in the next like 10 years even with technology it's like man this is this is a pretty cool sport well i was even looking at that new honda and yeah you know, three <laughs> buttons on the one side too on the like yeah these things got so much technology in them now and they're only going to get more and more yeah be, there'll be no motors here pretty soon yeah sounds like. ah, you're right eh? yeah, yeah, that, electric honda, that prototype honda electric bike looks pretty fucking sick what are you right? gonna do when there's no sound on the bikes oh that'd be crazy you'll be like you'll i don't be think they each have other you just hear the, the chain slap that's all you're <laughs> you, yeah and you'll have like even it's it's like you can yell at people on the track and you can yeah. like kind of barely hear them but you'll have like a full-on conversation and you're going <laughs> like passing someone like yeah, what yeah, the yeah. fuck are you doing yeah, why yeah. are you in my like, get that's over there like, la- like, like watching the playoffs and stuff right now in the nba or the or nhl like you can hear all the chirping yeah. there's no fans no fans yeah yeah you just hear everything that's going on and there's a lot like obviously there's a lot of animosity that'll be cool I was raising, I was screaming at people. Oh, yeah. That'll well, be one thing that's cool, though, when there's all, all electric, who would really be able to feel the fans, right? Yeah. yeah. They, I'm assuming they're going to add sound, though. Like, I, they have to. <laughs> I don't think so. There'd be no uh, hillbilly show. Some cards in the spoke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, yeah, those beads on the spokes yeah. just, like, trickle down. Yeah. It, it'll be weird. Who knows, man? Yeah. Who knows where it's going to go? It'll be interesting, but yeah, like you said, you could psych guys out as you're coming up to them. <laughs> <laughs> just like freak them out, just like go laser crazy. beam them. Uh, that's good. Yeah, Have yeah, horn on your bike, just honk at them. We were talking about that, how how crazy technology is getting and how much it's advanced in the last like 15 years. We're talking like 
15 years ago, you still have to look at a fucking roadmap to find out where you're going to go. Yeah, no You're going kidding. on a road trip with your family. Yeah. First time I like, went to California, I'm like looking up. at a fucking map. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't know where we're going here. Pull over on the side of the highway and pull the map out on the hood and like draw it. Okay, <laughs> yeah. I go here. Like, well, man. First, what? you got to figure out where you are on that map. Yeah. You got to go find a gas station that sells the map of your district or your region. Like, what the hell? That's good. I remember one time we, we were going to Anaheim Stadium and had to stop at a gas station to ask the guy because, you know, no phones at the time we were yeah, going. Yeah. So we stopped at the gas station and asked Nokia the guy, flip phone. Hey, where's uh, where's Angel Stadium? And the guy goes, I don't know. Yeah. Do you got a map or anything? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't so, know. So we leave the gas station and just happened to turn down the block and there's the stadium right there. So in the guy's yeah. backyard, <laughs> he doesn't even you know. You see those real bright lights over there? Yeah. That's where you're going. Oh, but yeah, that just like. So it would have been so much easier with a phone. Just whip it up, takes you right there. But also now, do you find even when you're ty- if you're in a new city or not now with COVID, but last year when we were traveling lots and you type in like someone sends you a pin or an address, the GPS is sometimes like way way off. Yeah, it's like trying to. There's so much. There's so many phones now. So much, like I guess like interference uh, or yeah yeah yeah. That's whatever a good word for it, it interference. Is, uh, the phones are kind of like. Yo, this is like there's too much going on here. I don't really know where we are. Yeah. And you get frustrated with that. You're like, fuck, like figure this out already. Right. Smart people figure this out. We were trying (laughs) to figure out some place to go out east there. Like we were looking up some food joint. Like there's a million of them, right? What's it choosing? The one in Victoria, like (laughs) BC. How the I don't want to go there in that area of the country. Yeah, yeah, that technology can be super frustrating at times. Yeah. Even in um, every time I come to Calgary, which has been quite a lot in the last year, I for whatever reason the Apple app, like the one on your, like the one yep. that's already pre-downloaded, never finds any address in Calgary. It just does a circle for me. Oh. Maybe my phone's fucked, but the but the Google one is always pretty accurate. Yeah, but it's super irritating. Yeah, and it's like, man, ten years, fifteen years ago, we were looking at maps on a piece of paper yeah, and, and never bitched about you it. You had to know how to like navigate and find an address. What what's yeah. a, what's across <laughs> street? What's you know. You now people don't even know what direction they're going because they no. don't even know which way the sun comes up. Well, I try to give people directions, like coming to work, and I'll be like, okay, where are you coming from? They're like, over here. And I say, okay, so you'll be coming down th- this road? And they're like, yeah, yeah, that road. And I say, yeah, okay. yeah. So as you come down that <laughs> the road, one with you're going to pavement. Yeah, you're gonna want to turn uh, north. And they're like, whoa, 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 slow down. Yeah, whoa. And I'm like, turn <laughs> north. Like, that's one direction. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? Man, it, even now, back, like, so I live in the middle of absolute nowhere, if, for those of you who don't know. Like on a cattle ranch in Saskatchewan. Yeah. And working there now due to COVID, the only thing you have is north, south, east, and west. There's no trees. There's no nothing. It's just like Land. barren landscape and the odd hill there, odd rock, the odd animal. But it's like, okay, how did we get to this spot? Well, you got to go four miles south. Uh, you hit this, you know, clump of dirt and then take, you know, yeah. are you going to go east for 16 miles and then, uh, Depending on the time of day, look at your shadow, and you might you might end up where you're at. <laughs> yeah, you'll be close. Yeah. yeah. If there's tumbleweeds, you probably are fucked. Well, <laughs> that's one of the things that even I'm really bad at. Like I'm super good at navigating through a city. I know my northwest. I'm not. Uh, all that stuff. But uh, when we get out in the woods, there, I can get lost pretty easily. Well, it's easy times. to get lost. <laughs> well, everything's the same. Like yeah. Like man. Jared somehow just knows exactly where he is when we get lost out. It's just oh, like, oh, just go this way. I'm a weirdo. Like if we're driving in a car somewhere and I <laughs> like I fall asleep and I wake up, I'm like I gotta know exactly what direction we're pointing, or else I yeah. freak out. Like I need to know exactly what direction I'm floating. Or oh going. no, we're still on ground. Like we're fine. <laughs> yeah. That's one thing I found with like a float tank. 
that's like a good thing for it because oh okay, totally cause, yeah yeah because you're like in this big like i don't know the float room seemed to do a little better for me because you're in this big room and you can spin right yeah so i've been kinda, in them. it's, kinda it's a trip to, like kind of let go of that control yeah yeah because yeah. yeah you'll spin and then you don't know exactly what direction you're pointed or the, what where the door is, yeah. so you're kind of freaking out. But you're like, okay, just calm down. You'll be fine. Like you'll the, the lights are gonna turn on when this is done, and you'll know you'll know where the door is. Yeah. So don't worry about it so much. Well, that's what I found about the float tank was like the first time I went in it. Right? Okay, you get in there and you kind of get into the zone. Like it takes a bit to do it. Yeah. And I got spun around at one point, and I went to reach for like the little towel to wipe my my eyes off. It's not there. Just not there. Not there. So I started moving gone. around a bit, freaking out. Yeah. It's all dark, <laughs> and then you just go. It's all right. Like there's a door at the end of it. You're not stuck in here. Did you find when you got out of that float tank? How long did you go for your first one? I did 60 minutes the first time. Yeah, so did I. And yeah. when you came out of there, did you find you felt super like springy and spongy oh, yeah. almost? Like it was. Every I time. was walking. I felt like rock up sucking robot. I was just like ready to go. Oh, yeah. Every time. See, it was I weird. didn't get that feeling. But we did like a ours you, you never 90 had that minutes, and I just felt like I was like super chill, just you know, just when so you got out. out yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. You didn't yeah. feel like spr- like I, springy. I after? don't feel springy, but I. Oh man, but I felt I, springy. Maybe I just feel springy in a different way, and that's like my mellowness. <laughs> yeah. Because I'm not all stiff, at least. I'm just yeah, like, maybe oh, that's oh, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, float tanks have big benefits for everybody. Like, like, no, I think oh, they yeah. do. Yeah. yeah. Like uh, Hayden Hayden Halstead, when I was at his place a couple weeks ago, he's telling me about this. Uh, when he this he had like some gnarly experience, like a like a psychedelic experience in a float tank. Oh, crazy! Like he had yeah. it, it felt like five days or something. Ooh. It was only 90 <laughs> minutes. Like it was nuts. I don't like, know if I'd like that. Like it was like he did DMT Hello? or something crazy yeah. like that. But I've heard like, other people say the same thing. Like, he, like when fell you into another dimension. Yeah, yeah it's like, uh, you, it's like he also had an experience with ketamine when he was like when he broke his leg. Yeah. So like, I've heard of ketamine. a lot of military people he, getting gnarly injuries and having this like super tripped out experience where they're like out of their like they're out of their body and they're they're seeing themselves and in and out of it the whole time while they're like getting yeah. a leg amputated or something. Yeah. So the way he described it, like I guess he would have to describe it to get the, yeah. the full thing, yeah. but he was like. It's like seeing Pull all. Your th- up. Oh. oh, sorry. Uh, just like seeing all these. This thing is not that great. Seeing all these like crazy things for the first bit, and then I guess it was like it felt like five days of just darkness. He had no emotion, no feeling for five days, and then when he came, and then when he came back in, he was he could he was in the corner of the room, like in the top corner of the room, watching himself. And he could just see himself talking to like the anesthesiologist or whatever, whoever was there, the dot, one of the doctors or nurses. Oh, that's that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. He's like he's seeing himself talking, and he's like, "What am I saying? I'm I look like an idiot." <laughs> I see. I kind of same thing I've heard from my crazy. from friends yeah. of mine that have had bad injuries. Is like, man, it, it's like a weird. You feel super embarrassed. You don't really know what the hell's going on, and then you kind of snap out of it. And you're like, "What? Like, what the hell did I just do?" Just, out of body but you're like not even it's not you it's just like yeah subconscious yeah. Well, he's, somewhere else he said the doctor even admitted he gave him too much ketamine <laughs> <laughs> Crazy. sorry about that yeah. enjoy your little experience here thanks for waking up that was uh ruining my life yeah he told me all about this experience and it was like the way he had described it was insane like just a crazy experience was it in the states or was it in canada it was in canada fuck i've heard of them like you, your insurance pays for a couple extra bags of morphine they're like so do you want this like you're allowed to legally ask a super stone person if they want another bag of morphine. 
Really? What the hell do you well, think I'm gonna say? They can do that. There's a limit to it, though, right? Like they can only give them so much. Well, I don't know. I've never. Luckily, I've never had that experience, but. Yeah. From what I've heard, it's like, oh yeah, you can just, well, your your insurance covers this. Do you want this? I think they're, uh, I think they're kind of cracking down on it though, with like all the opioid. We'd well, hope shit. so. Like that's kind of a. Yeah, like even like up. going with with like with this injury, they're like, yeah, are you yeah. painkillers? Are you looking for painkillers? I'm like, no, I'm not, I don't want any painkillers. Like. Yeah, man, it's, yeah, it's a pretty. The opioid thing is kind of fucked up. It's definitely. Not crazy. kind of. It's it's very. It's it's pretty sad. Yeah, very sad. You find something that's that addict, like it, it's yeah. The pharmaceutical industry is a whole other ball of wax that we we probably we can tap into a little bit, but it's I'm not an expert in it. But it's anytime you have a business that's making that much money, and it's it's profitable on so many levels, why the hell would the government or anybody involved with that ever want to stop that? Yeah, or perpetuate yeah. not perpetuate that cycle. It's 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 it'll be there until there's war. Or like something stops with that. Like it's just, it's so addictive. And it's so profitable. People are making so much money off of this. It, it's it's a tragedy for sure. And I don't think it's as bad in Canada as in the states. Like well, the states the pop- we saw the population. Really it would be. Yeah. Like, yeah. You see it being a firefighter, all the drug use, especially in Vancouver and stuff. It's like, or any major city. It's just so sad. Like people's lives are just turned on their heads because they get addicted to a pain management system that is just so fucking flawed and there's there's no way to get out of it once you're in it it's like this is this is now your life you're addicted to this drug and if you don't have it you're gonna go into severe withdrawal and probably want to die anyway like it's just crazy but wish we wish there was a better solution for that yeah it's crazy like even like i remember 10 years ago, I think you drove me to the hospital. I had welded yeah. flash really bad. We were yeah. at Todd's house. Oh, yeah, I remember and that. I, and I came back. Uh, yeah, so you drove me to the hospital. They, I had welded flash. I didn't know what was going on at the time. It was like, the, it's probably more than 10 years ago. What were, you, what, were, what were you experiencing when you had that? Uh, it was like sandpaper in my eyes. I had no idea what was going on. Like, I'd never had it before. You, you see, like, you know, when you get your bell rung, you get kind of like the, you see no, the purple it was dots like, and stuff? I couldn't see anything. It was just like so painful to close my eyes. Like, it was just sandpaper. Oh, yeah. man. So Chris drives me to the hospital. And they prescribe me like a big bottle of Percocets or something. Yeah. yeah. So Even when you get your, you guys ever had your wisdom teeth yeah. taken out? Yeah. Huge bottle of Oxy. Way like too a much. Fucking like huge <laughs> bottle. I'm like, I took one of those. I'm like, I don't even know where I am right now. Yeah. yeah. Like you can get by. Like you can maybe give you like three or four of them just yeah. to get through the next couple of days. But you like, don't need I, a bottle. I didn't of them need. That last I was like, month. that would have been like 16 probably. What are you in grade 10 or 11? Like 16, something uh, like that. I don't know. I didn't go like you're giving this the. Yeah. Kids in high school. Yeah. Yeah. Like, no wonder you have a no problem. No shit there's an addiction problem. Like, what? Like wake up. Like, are you kidding me? Uh, well, one of our friends dislocated his elbow that one year, dislocated, broke it, whatever it was. And well, that's a little more gnarly than getting your right? teeth pulled out. They gave him some mixture of oxy with something else in it. He said he was, like, seeing spiders crawling on the roof when he was, like, trying to go to yeah, bed. You're just like a stuff. zombie. Like, you're not even... You're 15 years old. You don't need drugs like that. Like, yeah. sure, it hurts, but maybe the pain will help people get a little tougher, a little more resilient. Well, that's time. another, that's another you know, that's psychological. Part that's part of our problem with society, right? You don't yeah, want to have any a, kind of pain or discomfort. And there's that's, a lot of pansies out there. A lot of them because yeah. of that. Yeah. Like you have a common cold or you have like, you stubbed your toe really bad. Well, it's got to be broken. I got to go to the hospital and like have uh, all this attention uh, drawn uh, to me. Like, can you fucking get over yourself? Like, <laughs> You see people in motocross like snap their leg in half. Oh. They're like, I think I could ride. <laughs> like, yeah. get out of here. <laughs> no. Or you see the cowboys are like, I told you that story of 
uh, Mark there breaking his leg, and he's just like, yeah, I think I might have twisted my ankle, and like, uh, twisted it right around. Your leg is behind you, <laughs> so yeah, he twisted it around. <laughs> yeah, he twisted it around yourself, but yeah, looks a little uh, twisted. No, one of, yeah, I remember Buddy broke his leg one time, and the bike was laying on top of him, his foot beside his face. And that, that you're also dealing with shock there, you like, know, and so he's got a broken femur sticking out his leg, yeah. and all he's saying is, Oh, my mom's never gonna let me ride again. <laughs> yeah. My mom is never gonna let me That's ride again. That's the difference, right? <laughs> yeah, you got all these Olympics that have never, uh, never experienced any like trauma or like physical trauma anyway, that are like that you can disassociate pain from like your end goal. It's like this is not the end of the world, like it's it sucks, but if you can go through this without any pain management, imagine how tough you're gonna be. When you feel good, yeah, you're like, oh, I, I have a cold, or like my throat's like sore, like I'm gonna get all this penicillin and all this other shit. Like, the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah. Like, stop. You're and you're gonna teach your kids this? Yeah, it's just the way. It's like, just and it's getting way. way I mean, we talk like our grandparents probably look at us like we oh, are the yeah. biggest parents oh, big on time. earth. Yeah, for sure. And we are. Oh. Imagine like where I live now or where I'm I'm at currently. It's like imagine being the first settlers to come here in like 1800s and be like. Let's put a plow in the ground here. And the first thing you fucking hit is a rock. And it's like, <laughs> all you can see for 100 miles is just barren tundra. And it's like, well, I guess we'll just put a, a shack up here and we'll try to survive somehow. <laughs> like, and we're like, uh, I got to drive like a you know 20 minutes to work every morning. Yeah. It's like, we don't even know. You have no idea. Got we it. have no idea. You went from no cars to a car in that situation. <laughs> yeah, totally, totally. Like, screw this, man. My horse yeah. is like, my horse is getting kind of tired even. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine well, being like, I'm going to go to town once a year to go like on our, our annual like group, like whatever run. Yeah. And you got to, <laughs> you have to heat up rocks in a fire <laughs> and wrap them in a towel or a blanket and put them by your feet so you don't fucking freeze to death. <laughs> That's like a world that hopefully we'll never experience, but like our, it wasn't, it was only a hundred years ago. That's the crazy thing. A lot of this stuff we talk about is not that long ago. Yeah, at and all. It's, and it's, I, it's like a blink of an eye in like the grand grand scheme of like the universe or the world. Like, yeah. oh my human, god, it's the like, human history. It's like you talk about like our grandparents lived through that stuff. Where yeah, yeah, it was rough. people that are still alive like experienced that. Yeah. They're like, man, you guys got cars and like you're flying across the world in a day. People same thing. People bitch about airline travel. It's like. Oh, like the seats don't recline and stuff. I'm like, oh, you're on, in a dude. tube of metal <laughs> flying through the stratosphere to go to the other side of the world for like 800 bucks. Yeah. You could be nice. there like in overnight. And you're bitching about, oh, uh, you didn't have lobster or like whatever yeah. your fancy meal was. Like, shut up. That's crazy though. Like, uh, it's kind of why I like your, it's kind of like your, uh, your kind of, what you do in some winters, you go like, you go up north. And you go experience yeah, in the Arctic like there for that kind times. of lifestyle. Yeah, and you experience actually that hunting trip I went on, and uh, or I I was up there working, but they a couple of the elders and a couple of the people that I was uh, working with they took me on a hunting trip as like a kind of a rite of passage almost on the land and on the sea ice. In uh, this was like it would have been mid December, and it's like minus. This is like minus without the wind chill involved. It's minus sixty, so it's like. I don't know, negative 75 or something with the wind chill, like every day. Like it's, it's a cold, like you've never really fathomed. Yeah. And the Inuit people have been <laughs> hunting and surviving up there for hundreds of years or more than that. And don't complain. They just like wake up and they go in there and they're like, we're going to go kill a, a caribou today. 
out there. And you're like, how far? They're like, far as we need to go, and we're just going to sleep in a hut made out of snow. And we're gonna, you're going to feel pretty shitty for a while until you <laughs> eat something that has protein and fat in it, and then you'll warm up, and then we'll go home. That's their existence. I've never been more miserable and cold in my whole fucking life, and I was only there for four days. Four days. Or I was on the CIS for four days. And we got stranded for two days because the storm blew in. And they were like, yeah, it's just like a regular day here. <laughs> so I guess just for Man, the I feel like such a pussy. <laughs> like I, yeah. I felt so, like, oh, I feel like such a baby out there. But it was, it was cool. Yeah. Then you go, like, come home, and it's like minus 20. I'm like, seriously? Like, I'm not heating up a battery in a pot of boiling water to try to get the <laughs> snowmobile started so we can, like, go home to land and, like, there's not you know, polar bears chasing us. Yeah, so that's, that's a wild place up there, though. So I guess just for the listeners, let's just explain a little bit of, like, what you did, what you went up there for. Well, I went up there initially uh, for some search and rescue stuff, but then I also went and I, I taught in, in, the, in the high school, in the elementary school up there, just as a, a substitute. My dad is, or my stepdad's a, a cop up there. He works with the RCMP. And he had a work posting up there and, and decided that I should go see him and see any part of the world. And um, I, I ran a, a hockey camp up there as well and coached some hockey. And it was, it's such a different uh, way of living up there. Like most people in Canada, in the world, don't even know that, the, that none of it exists. It's like the north part of Canada or the north part of the world is just like this barren landscape that no one even knows about. And there's this like, Really cool group of communities that are there that have they have their issues, no doubt, but they've also been isolated from the, the government from, you know, years and years past. And we've just put them in these like communities and said, like, we're gonna take all your land, we're gonna take all your, your hunting grounds, we're gonna move you in these like camps further north where there's like really nothing to do up there other than like try to survive. And you, you get to see this the type of people that live up there and how tough they are and how much hardship they've been through and the the problems with alcohol abuse and the problems with, you know, just trying to make sense of, like, where they are. Yeah. Like, no, th- these people have nothing but work ethic and nothing but, like, I have nothing but admiration for them and how they have chosen to live and how they survive. Yeah. Like, it's, we are so fortunate down here in the South. Like, it's not, you, you couldn't even imagine the stuff these people have gone through. And this is part of Canada. And no yeah. one even knows that they're up there. Like, it's, it's, it's brutal. Well, we consider it, like, unlivable land. It, what kind of is, because the government, right? moved, like, they move them there. Yeah. You can say whatever you want to say about politics, but it's like, the, the government went in there and said, we're taking this, go to these, villi- like these, these camps, basically. We're going to take all your dogs and all this shit, and we're going to move you into, like, these huts. And you're going to, this is where you're going to be. Wow. We're taking all, like, the good, the good grounds for, for our benefit. And it's like these people, like their livelihood is built off of like whaling and like hunting. Like it, it's some of it's kind of gruesome. Like they're hunting seals and they're hunting, you know, any animal that's up there. But that's the industry. They're like that's the, how you survive up there. You know, they don't have the luxury of going to the grocery store and being like, I want to buy, you know, a loaf of bread and a bunch of eggs. They have stores there now, but it's like the white person introduced that. Yeah. And but the, the hunting and like the lifestyle is still very much alive there, and it's like part of their culture and part of like who yeah. they are. And man, they can they can make and create anything out of fucking nothing up there. Yeah. And it makes you go like, I have nothing to complain about down here, like right? zero. I know. And like I am such a complain. pussy for ever bitching about yeah. anything because then you go up there and you experience that, like truly experience that. It's like, nope. Right. This is an eighty-five-year-old guy who's like riding a snow machine at like, you know, hundred miles an hour across the sea ice with no hood on, 
skin exposes minus 65. And I got like Gore-Tex, and they're just like laughing. They're like, "Dude, like, what are you doing?" I'm like, "Yeah, I am such an idiot." <laughs> I can sit here and try to pretend like, "Oh yeah, I can understand what it would be like." Uh, you know, like, no, I've you can't no tell you experience idea. it. You, you no can't. Idea. Like, there's, there's no. <laughs> oh my god, there's yeah, there's no way around. Like the the perception I have now of the North is so much different because I never knew anything about it before. I still don't know much about it. Yeah. But it's 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 so vast and so gnarly. And they're so tough, and they're just—they're awesome people up there. I just, I, yeah, yeah. it was—it was, it was a, such a cool experience. I go back in a heartbeat. I might even go again this year. Who knows? Cool. Yeah. Part of me really wants to experience something like that. Like, man, you should come up just for like a week, and we'll just go and we'll just cruise around. Like they—they, they, well, they make fun of white people a little bit, which is which is fine because like fair enough. Because <laughs> we're like we are panties <laughs> compared to them, but they are like the nicest people ever, and they—they want to show you their culture and like, like this this one elderly taught me how to make a knife from scratch. That's the coolest thing ever. Like, yeah. you're teaching me how to make a knife from like, from like pieces of like whalebone. That's the coolest <laughs> thing ever. And they yeah. they're just like, well, we have nothing else, so this is what we we so just we, we make stuff. Yeah. Man, this is wild. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Take you out there and like, yeah, we go hunting on these grounds, and like, it all looks the same. It's just like white and cold, and like, I'm like, I don't even know which direction we're at right now. They're like, you go that way, and just follow us, and we'll get you home. And they just do. It's just like, how do you know where you are? Just wild. We went fishing up there one time. <laughs> I was standing over this hole in the in the ice. It's like a it's a freshwater lake. There's there's like a bunch of lakes and they all know where they are. Like I, it all looks like white to me, like whatever. So you can drive out on the Hudson Bay and on the sea ice. And we're like I don't know how even know how far north this is, you know, longitude or latitude or whatever, but it's it's far. Like it's like a four hour plane ride north. Yeah. So you get there and you're you get dropped off and they drive you to this hunting camp. And they take you by snow machine for like a couple hours outside of like the village or like the, or like the town, and they get to this hole and they just like start chiseling this hole out of the ice. And the ice is like nine feet deep, might even be, might even be more than nine feet. Like it's it's higher oh, yeah. than the roof. It's like a hole through the ice. And they catch a fish, and they use it as the bait fish. And they walk like ten feet further because they know like how deep the water is. And like we gotta catch, we gotta catch like the big freshwater trout that have never seen a human being before and never been touched. They're right here, and the fuck the fish is like seven, eight feet long. Like it's the biggest, biggest fish I've ever seen. Yeah. And they're just like catching, but the fish. By the time you pull it out of the hole, it's already froze to death. No way. Like by the time it like wiggles up the tube of ice, they pull it out of the water. It's it's froze. No way. That's how cold it is. And you're standing on top of animal hides because your feet you're freezing you to death freeze, from yeah. the floor up. You're standing on like it's minus like sixty five or whatever with the wind. Yeah. You're standing. You have like a muskox hide on or some kind of animal coat. And then on your feet, you have like you can have Gore-Tex boots, or you can stand on hockey pucks, wherever you want. Eventually, the cold's gonna see through, and it's gonna just go into your bones. Yeah. So they just lay out a like a animal hide, like a polar bear hide, and they're like, stand on this, or you're gonna you're gonna die. And that's just like your day. And then you go back to like a shed built out of plywood, and they're like, yeah, we should probably uh, like build a fire and try to. Did you imagine showing up to work and they they lay out a blanket and say, stand on this, or you're gonna yeah. die? Yeah. See this hole in the ice? You're going to stand over this all day until you see something. But you can't move. That's your that's your life. <laughs> I feel like our whole society just needs more of stuff like that. Man, oh, my God. Like just people, needs more resilience. Holy shit. People in cities, especially, if you grew up in a city, you're kind of hopeless. Yeah. Like, you don't even have, like, it's not your fault. Like, you, you just, you've never learned where your food comes from. You don't understand where, like, you talk about, like, milk and eggs is, like, the main thing. But, like, talk about, like, even vegans, it's like, Oh, you don't eat meat stuff, but like, 
Do you know people that don't have access to like growing like agriculture yeah. have to do to live? They have to kill animals. They have to go hunting, or you die. Like it's just like a different world up there, and nobody. I think if we all experienced that and we were all humbled by that, there wouldn't be any of the animosity towards like the racism that we're experiencing right now. Yeah. Totally. But yeah, people are just like we're in such a like comfort zone that people are just looking for problems to have. Well, you talk about all this bullshit with the you know the uprising of you know with the civil war and stuff talking about in the states right now and all the problems caused by social media. Nobody knows it's real anymore. We're all guilty of it because we're all we all have social media, but it's like. Yeah. If you have a factual list of like evidence-based facts that are that are brought out to the world, we've now created this system where nobody knows what's actually real anymore. So then how are you supposed to filter through all this bullshit and find like this is the opinion I'm going to form? You're gonna go with whatever the herd's saying. Mm-hmm. Like if you and if you two disagree with what I'm saying and you kinda come at me, I'm gonna go, okay, I probably should like maybe agree with you so that we're all like friends and in unison. Yeah. Well, if you go to like a certain part of the world that agrees on this side and the other part that's, I kind of agree with this side, and you have like this big disagreement, even though it's like probably kind of the similar topic you're debating that's probably still you're trying to meet in the middle. Mm-hmm. Everyone's like really wants that. Yeah. You're just with the group, the herd mentality with with whatever herd you're in. Then you have this like big conflict that we have now, and it gets all caused by non-factual based evidence. Non-factual based evidence and being hurt by somebody telling well, there's, you there's, you sorry, there is no evidence right? involved. Like, it's just like yeah everybody gets too butt hurt because they've got that voice got you know they're just you don't everyone has a cell phone now i can i can go online and bitch about this podcast for yeah. to anybody i want and no one's gonna do anything to me no but if i tell you that in person well nobody does anymore because yeah. they're scared of it yeah. it's it's like we are we are our society is fucked up right now a little bit but it's only gonna get worse too <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> another big problem. But if everyone went to the North for a while and was like, holy shit, I am the biggest pussy of all time. Yep. Or the North or the South or any of those extreme... Well, any, anywhere that doesn't have the yeah. luxuries that we have. Yeah, exactly. The, you know, 30 million people at your fingertips to do what you want, too, totally. right? Like, oh, Skip I, the I dishes. Somebody will, somebody will yep. do it for me. Yeah. And you, you talk to, you know, like I said, like people who have been to really war-torn areas of the world. Like my brother, for example, went to, did a few tours in Syria. He's not the same person when he came back. Yeah. And not, not in a worse way, but he goes, like, there's there's things that you're going to experience that most people in North America have never even fathomed. And you see that and you live in that, you know, that area. You, li- you experience these traumatic, you know, things, unfortunately. It's going to change your whole perspective of life. But people who have never experienced that, you can't have a conversation with them that's going to move anything forward because they've never truly been exposed to that level of trauma. So how are you, how can you relate? How can you have any empathy for or, sh- or, or experience empathy if something you've, that you've never seen before? You can't. No. So... Uh, like I said, you can pretend to. You can sit here and like say, to- oh, "Totally, yeah, we can talk oh, about how sad it is." But like, I've, ne- I've never been there. No, I, don't, I have no, I have fucking no idea what it's like. He uh-huh. has though, uh-huh. and he's and he's not the same. And he's and it's not like I said, he's not worse. But it's like the reason he's so compassionate, and has so much empathy, is because he's seen the worst of humanity. Yeah. Not not many of us have. I haven't. And until we <laughs> until we get to that point where we see the worst of it, like no one's gonna no one's gonna give a shit. No. Which is kind of a disturbing topic, but. Well, nobody's going to give a shit in a world where all we give a shit about is ourselves. 
Well, that's, that's another big thing. Like, yeah. we're in a world full of narcissists now. Yeah. Big time. It's with social media and everything like that. It's just we're all narcissists. more and more narcissistic as we go. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But it's nice to be able to talk about that and, like, check yourself with that shit because it's... That's right. Even now, it's like, you think about all the things that even we talked about at the start of this. Like, we're talking about racing dirt bikes. Yeah. Like, that means fuck all in the grand scheme of, like, really traumatic things that happen in the course of someone's life. Like you're racing a machine that's worth you know twelve fifteen thousand dollars. <laughs> you're traveling across the world, burning fuel and like. There's fans. There's like there's promotions. There's girls. There's like there's all this fun shit. Looks unreal. And yet across the the pond, there's wars going on and like stuff that you wouldn't even want to fathom. Yeah. And and it's happening on our same planet. Yeah. And we don't even talk about it. Go on with our merry day and do what we yeah. want. It's like oh, just forget it. Yeah. Even like in this in. Calgary right now. I bet you down the block there's something going on that we don't even want to know about. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. But we're just like, yeah. Wow. It's a trip, man. If everyone thought that way, we wouldn't have all the issues we're having, but unfortunately, yeah. we all do. People are so wrapped up in their own little bubble. Yeah, yeah. Everyone thinks their problems are special, and they're not. Well, and that's their problem. You but know, and a lot of that, that's what you say. You know, you're special, right? You're special. Yeah, you should you're take not. Care. You're the one that matters. Take care of number one. You know, yep. please number one. Who's number one? You're number one, right? Like <coughs> that's all you get told your whole life growing yep. up is, you know, try to take care of yourself. Yes, share and be nice to others. Yeah. And, you know all that stuff Sharing. you get told, but what really gets enforced is take care of yourself. Make sure you're take. You know that yep. self-centered attitude is like embedded in us now. Yeah, and even more so now. So like I said, with social media, yeah. it's like at what point did you be able to? You could t- make money on posting about a, <laughs> a a trinket you're selling that anyone could go to at any store, and but it's like you have a better photo and a better hashtag, or it's like yep. holy fuck, like where we have lost our way, big time lost our way, super disturbing. Yeah. Or a lot of those things where you just you go online on Amazon or whatever and buy something that you you could have almost made yourself. Like well, you it's, could. It's not very complex, or you could. Figured out a way to do that yourself instead. Oh yeah, of if you had to, you could do it. Right? Like, like these these booms we have, yeah. we bought them on like for twenty five bucks on Amazon. <laughs> yeah. We could I could have yeah, made something like this if I really had to. Have a yeah. Yeah. I could have yeah. made something like that if I really had oh, yeah. to, right? Yeah. yeah. Do I you guess. guys find that you uh, at some point in your life you've you've had like you get really caught up in the materialistic bullshit and then now you're like, what the hell was I doing? I don't yeah. want any of it anymore. I know. I know. It's like take everything away from me. I want to go live in the woods and experience what that true hardship. Of well, I feel like, like that's what humans are meant to do. That, right? That's the thing. Remember we were talking about when you go to the back country or whatever, and you're like, you actually have to turn your phone on because there's no service. Yeah. You're like, man, why do I feel so good? <laughs> yeah, that's the best like, part. That's because what you're. That's what you're supposed to be feeling. That's how. Yeah, you're not supposed. This yeah. is not meant for. Like no. this is not how we evolved. To we're we're, si- we're like on the brink of fucking civil. We're on the brink of war, like World War Three, I think. And it's Probably due right. to technology and the bullshit that is involved with the the mass amount of of fake news and bullshit. Because yeah. we we can't filter through it all. And then when you turn that off, it's like I have like anxiety because I'm like oh, I don't I gotta keep in contact with everything and I can eat know what's going on. And then I'll say it's just like I don't care anymore. Yeah. Well. The one question I've been asking myself is, who do you need to keep in contact with? Like, yeah. if they're not around you, then like, <laughs> yeah. you can keep in contact with them in tomorrow or the next day or whatever yeah. it ends up being, right? Yeah. Like, what happened to the days of you couldn't be in contact with someone unless you walked over to their house and knocked on their We're door? We're talking with the math thing. Yeah, or the math, right? Cell like, phones haven't been around that long. That same <laughs> yeah. thing. Like, 
Yeah. What the hell would we do when we were kids? You had to like, call the you had to call the parents' house or like the friend you want to hang out. It's like yeah. hello, Mister Whoever. <laughs> you had to remember. Hello, Mister Petruska. Can yeah. Jared uh, is Jared home? Can Jared uh, come ride his bike <laughs> to my house? And you're like. <laughs> now I gotta, I gotta, I gotta ride over. I gotta ride over to his yeah. house and like talk to him, like a real, a real yeah. adult. That was like the shit we had to do, but it was like, it's not that weird now. But it's like, cause now you can just text the person. Yeah, yeah. It's like, man, people need to all experience that fear of like going to like another parent's house. Well, it's like as a kid and talking to them because you're so accessible to people as well. I find I don't know. I've done it. I'm sure you guys have too. Where you you almost screen your phone like. Oh, I don't want to answer that. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> versus oh, somebody coming to your person. door, you pretty much have to answer it. Well, you don't have to, but like, chances of you going to yeah. answer your door were a lot more likely versus yeah. now everybody's screening their phone calls, screening messages, yeah. oh, I'll reply later, and then you forget, and it's, yeah. it's six weeks later, oh, shit, I never replied to yeah. Buddy, right? Well, yeah. part of the problem is these fucking telemarketers or whatever they're called, <laughs> the scam guys. I, I get two, three <laughs> calls a day saying my social insurance number has been compromised oh, yeah, and don't, don't Service Canada is delete. putting out a warrant for my arrest and like, fuck yeah. off with that. It's so bad. That's There's a lot of fraud or something, man. A lot. That's people that built huge empires and business off of that shit. Yeah. Yeah, like this is what I'm saying. Like it must work at some level or else they wouldn't keep calling me. Right. Well look at the state like yeah. Look at look at Donald Trump. <laughs> people find a way to make money at any They'll find a way, man. Yeah. There's always people that'll find a way. Yeah. Anyways. Let me switch gears here and talk yeah, about Yeah, should we switch topics? We're getting a little dark here. <laughs> I got a real dark, dark real fast. a little negative like the rest of the world. I think everybody, I really wanted to do a migration camp in, or not just a migration camp, I just wanted to have a bunch of people out and come ride bikes and experience the like the wild, wild west back where our ranch is in Saskatchewan. Be cool. Because there's no service out there. And you're, when you're outside and you're working, you're riding a horse, you're like, that's that's it. There's no yeah. there's no cell phones. Like there's you have a cell phone on you, but like it doesn't work because there's no, no there's no nothing out there to, to t- no one to talk to other than your horse. Yeah. If you brought people out there and like had them there for like four or five days, you I think you would see such an improvement in everyone's mental health. Oh, yeah. I think it'd be a really cool. I, re- I still want to do it yeah. when COVID's lifted here and everyone can travel and no do you think that, like, everything. people would need that kind of like um, four or five days away from technology. Uh, more regularly for it to be actually effective because like you yeah, well, yeah. Four, like four once a month kind of great, but it gives right? you perspective at right. least but could you imagine if you're getting that regularly time away from your phone all the time like well, that's what I'm saying I feel so much better now that I'm like well I'm like I'm out riding a horse for eight hours today and I I'm not getting to touch my phone because I what like who's gonna what is there to fucking worry about right now yeah. I gotta ride this horse to home that's that's my day yeah, and I unless think, it's like a true emergency, you can yeah make do with not talking to somebody for eight hours. Like, that's why I have sad phones. Yeah, yeah, right? it's like it's weird because <laughs> you ever think about this? So we, I think we're the last generation to really know what it's like to feel actually bored. Probably like, like true boredom. Well, yeah, bored. I guess in you, you can't just like open Instagram and like scroll on Twitter yeah. or like look at like you, you can't you don't have a phone on kids will say they're bored while they're doing right that, but I'm saying like right? we're the like, we're the last like th- I'm holding this fucking I'm holding this title because this is all we have <laughs> 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 if you're born in 1990 or like later you're you're fucked but anyway it, it, you have no cell phone when you're a kid or at least I didn't and you're in the middle you grew up in the country and it's like Man, I am so bored right now. But you can't look at your phone. You can't like watch a video or play a video yeah. game or anything. You're just like, I'm gonna be with my thoughts and like 
whatever. You gotta come up with. Some you gotta you gotta like figure shit out in your head. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that's a healthy way to do things. Definitely, yeah, absolutely. That's what that's where you're supposed to be. So like, when we're in the backcountry, we're not like even at your bachelor party there. It's like none of us had a cell phone on us that time because there's literally no like we had cell phones, but there's no service. No service. It's like why did everyone feel so good after that? Other than we were having a great time, but it's like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there were shenanigans. But like but like after I'm like. I think it's because none of us gave a shit about the outside world for a while. Exactly. That's why I love going to Kook. That's why I love doing these podcasts, even because yeah. yeah. we're like we're sitting here. Yeah, none of us have our phones. Two or three hours. We're not. None of us are looking at a phone. Like, yeah. how yeah. often do you have a conversation with someone? Just like actually like an in depth conversation. Yeah. Without just, looking at your like, someone's always pulling their phone out. At, you know, like you're hanging out with well, someone, you, right? Even like, like go to a, or before COVID, you go to a movie theater and everyone's like kind of like like you're paying like I don't know twenty bucks to watch this movie. It's like a decent amount of money. Yeah. To be engaged for like two hours, and you're like you'd rather text somebody like what's no the the kook thing the podcast thing like you said you're just you're so we're consumed by it it's yeah. taking up our mental capacity it's engaging us it's you know making us better at that moment at least and we don't even know how addicted we are oh that's the problem that's the crazy when part. you start to realize like whoa I gotta like take a break like, this is fucking crazy. yeah even just like us talking right now I'm like holy shit maybe I should get a flip phone <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like oh you only have like three cars like your mom. And like your two closest friends, and that's it. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I'd love to go back to a flip phone. Like I would do it. Uh, yeah. Like definitely. I don't have social media anymore, even though I'm sure I'll get it back at some point. Like Chris is Chris a does. gangster. But um, I think about the flip phone thing, and I'm like, fuck. There's that one day where I'm gonna need Google <laughs> yeah. Maps. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Where yeah. it's just too convenient to have it to not have it, right? But but then the rest of that portion of it just consumes your life. For sure it does. Like, even though I don't have... The oh, we're all, we're all hypocrites. I'm a hypocrite right now, for right? sure. But. Like, okay, so I say deleted social media. What does that really mean? Because I'm just substituting it with something else online. Yeah. Going onto a motocross website or uh, uh, some Porn other hub. page, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> you just substitute yeah, it with the phone there. Got the browser app. So if, <laughs> you're, if you're not getting rid of the phone, essentially you're still yeah. doing the same thing. So that's, that's how addicted we are to... Oh, yeah. Whatever social aspect you want to call it, reading the paper, reading the whatever. Like, well, yeah, you look at, you know, I wonder if if we could hone in like addiction with our phones to like a sport or like academics or like if we could find a way to get kids like our next generation to be like find something you get just like psyched into, but it's ah oh, man with, <laughs> well, it's so difficult now with technology because it's just it's so easy now and it's there and it's like designed to make you addicted. Yeah, it's. That's well, the whole purpose of it. How many times have you gone home or gotten home after work or whatever it is, and you go, I just don't have time to do this, right? All the time, I don't have every time day. to do it. And then that stupid screen report comes up, right? And like, I'm on the yeah, lower end good. of that scale. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, me mine too. says an hour and a half. And I'm like, that's an hour and a half in the day that I could have been doing something, something else. else. Yeah. Like, you how know? often do you it like. Maybe it wasn't an hour and a half, like, all in one stretch, but. You can still take that time and you know spread it throughout the day or whatever, and you could have been doing so much more with that time than yeah. reading, focusing on somebody else's like that. BS. Yeah, totally, yeah. totally like, true, man. In the morning, your alarm goes off. What do you do? You look, you turn your phone on, scroll for. I a gotta bit, wake up uh, and read the news. Right. I'm gonna yeah. read Twitter and Instagram. Like what? I did that though. I did. I to, I went on my Instagram and I I muted every single account I followed for the whole summer just so I could like so I could still post. Yeah. yeah. Kind of have to, right? And I feel like that would maybe give me a little clearer headspace and not be so inclined to just go and scroll. Yeah. Well, I'm also thinking about, like, you say you kind of have to, right? Like, you have to post, you have to promote your brand and all these things out there. But 
kind of almost gives you a little more respect for those people that did it before there was any social media. Like, how'd they get this yeah. stuff out to the world, yep. to the whole world without, like, it's so easy for us to send stuff out to the world. You're now. just good. You're just right? good. That like, word of you mouth. You had to work. You had to grind. You had to yep. fail at it. You had to get better. But, uh, like, well, that's the thing. It's like anything that's going to be built on success. We talked about that earlier. It's like you're going to fail way more than you're going to succeed initially. Yep. Like, way, way more. And I nobody, think and everyone wants that instant gratification now and that instant satisfaction because of the technology of the age that we're in. And no one knows how to do that anymore. Yeah. I think that's why you see so many people that like are so quick to give up when they fail nowadays. Th- that's right? the thing. It's like, look, your like your life isn't over. You no. you sucked. You failed. You like it. It's it sucks. But that's how you figure out who you are. Yeah. And what? Okay. Like, is this really something I want to do? And if it is, then you find a way to make it happen. And if you don't, then you you, you move on. Yep. Or you yeah. You just. You just don't do it anymore. And if you really want it bad enough, there's always a way to make it happen. For sure there is. For sure. And like I said, we you talk about talent, and there's a lot of other things that are at play sometimes. It's just like you get a really shitty set of hands, and it's not going to work. But that doesn't mean something else isn't going to open up yeah. in that industry or that avenue that you never even knew of before. Oh. But, yeah, so many people get – like you see all the mental health issues with people like in, like the, it, the generation, including ours – due to this thing like this technology and social media it's like man you are like we're so weak like just you gotta keep fighting you have like even with you it's like man i've seen you fail time and time again and a lot of it's not even your fault and you just keep getting up and keep going like if we could teach that in a lot of the kids now coming up you're the best role model there is for that like for real how many times in the summer did somebody say uh you should give up or quit or do this he just doesn't because it's a rough summer right like you can't like you do that and it doesn't make you any better to just give up or quit or like no well the thing is i've been on that side of this i've been on that side of the coin how many times like yeah. i've done i've had my shit under the stick yeah. three or four times and I've, I've come back i know how good it feels to come back and to yeah. be on the other yeah, side you did, you did something with with that negativity you didn't just give up yeah. to it no but you said not. like that thing you said it felt so good to come back from that negativity I don't think a lot of people get that good feeling in their life because they've never come back from something or like failed and then gotten the success out of failure, right? They just fail and go try something else and fail and go try something else. They're never going to get that satisfaction that you felt and they'll never understand why people have a drive to do something. Exactly. And you see the the successful people in the world and you're like, well, they don't see all the bullshit that happened in the 10 years leading up to the one day that they were really successful. Yeah. Yeah. Like just, they don't see that shit. You know, like you, we were talking about Mike Tyson earlier. It's like, yeah. like it might be a bad example, but like <laughs> he's obviously this freak talent. But like, well, nobody knows had, the shit he went through when he was a kid to get to where right, he yeah, was. Exactly, he had a lot of failure in his life just at a different time. And he had, right? he still had a ton of failure yeah. now. And now yeah. look where he is now. And then he's coming back again. It's just like, and he even talked about that. He goes, like I, it's the amount of failure and the amount of weird shit that happens, and like the amount of like craziness that goes on, and you give up. And you come back, and it feels so much better when you're like, I didn't give up on myself. I didn't. I didn't just scale like, no, I'm not doing this anymore, because then you you have regret, which is the worst. Like, oh god, that is the worst feeling of all. Though we've all felt it. It's 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 oh, the yeah. shits. And I don't want to be an old dude sitting in a rocking chair and just be miserable as fuck and being like, really wish I tried harder to do that. Man, you don't even have to be old. Like I look back. No, no, we've all got it. Like stuff, and I'm like, damn, I regret not doing X or not yep. doing this or like, and not that it would have made me 
you know, a success at it, but like I could have given just a little but more. But you'll, you'll know. Like right? in, in yeah. your soul, you know, yeah. it's like, fuck, I should have done better. If I had just done a little more, I could have achieved that goal that I actually set out to achieve instead of getting close to it and then be, being like, oh, I got to figure something else out because I'm getting to whatever stage yep. of my life now. So. Yeah, and I feel, like, I feel like those failures feel that bad for a reason. It's like, it feels bad because yeah, you don't want to feel like that anymore. You <laughs> yeah. want to... If so, you want to keep feeling that way, like, you got to go check yourself, man. Like, well, there's something wrong with you. That's the thing, though. Like, people will either, like, people will either, like, okay, I'm done with this or I'm going to get better at this and I'm going to I'm gonna be successful at this. Well, and yep. I think people do get <laughs> addicted to that feeling of, that that down feeling right like people can get sucked into well they can definitely sulk in it yeah and sulk in it or whatever you want to say your problems are special they they perpetuate that cycle themselves of like and they want to feel sorry for themselves out of it like they'll come out of it it's like boom they got to knock themselves right back down because that's the only feeling they've really ever experienced they've never experienced that actual true success or Yep. Or, or good feeling of like accomplishment so they just the other side of the shit is like again, right? everything you kind of want right yeah yep and a lot of people too are just scared shitless 100%. like they're scared to, they're scared because it sucks it, it's terrifying fear is the most powerful thing in the world like well maybe yeah. not in the world but you know oh, what I mean? sure like, that's the biggest motivator driver um, influencer that you could have on yourself is fear like if you yeah. get scared of something what are you going to do you well, you have two options: the fight or flight freeze, response, right? right? Like, yeah. do, like, and you don't have really much choice over that a lot of time in your life. Your body just kind of does it for yeah, you. Yeah, for sure. That's how powerful fear. But even is. think of like stuff you procrastinate really hard. Yeah. It's not like because you're like you're a lazy piece of shit. You're, you're scared of this thing. Yeah. Like I think about how much I procrastinate my taxes. It's not because I'm like a fucking. I'm scared of like math. I'm like, I just don't want to fucking know what I owe the government. Yeah, <laughs> or like, or like yeah. what I what I fucked up on. Like, I don't want to know that. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm I'm scared of it. Yeah. And then you do it, and you're like, well, that wasn't so bad. Yeah. And that's that's the one thing that I've started realizing in life in like the last five years, even is like those things that you're scared of. After you do them, you realize this. What yeah, it, you, was you give all the power you? away. Yeah. And then the next time you're scared of something, you go, oh, I, I got through that. Yeah. So, you know, I'll, I should be able to handle this, even though I'm still a little scared to go do it or whatever. But, and that's yeah. where having friends that push you is, I think, huge. Like, if I didn't have friends that pushed me in life, I'd probably be the biggest pussy in the world. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jared's Jer- 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 is a perfect example of that. We're all jumping off this huge rock. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I don't want to do this, but or even the the road gap here at Swansea. Oh yeah, like well fuck. I'm like, if fucking Keelan's doing this, I'm doing this. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, don't, I don't care if I die. I'm doing this fucking. Yeah. Thing. Well, you hang out with pussies, you're gonna be a pussy. Yeah, yeah. You're a product of your yeah. environment, right? Yeah, yeah. totally. But yeah. do you guys ever find too with uh, with the fear response? And again, the people in the sports that we grew up in are a little bit wired a little bit different for a reason because they're the, the sports we're doing are very very dangerous. Even road riding is fucking dangerous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like you almost seek out these things that are that, that pull all your adrenaline and all your focus into one specific thing because it doesn't allow you to think about anything else. Right. It's the only time in your life. This is this is me talking. I don't know about you guys, but it's like it's the only even bull riding, for example, now or like doing rodeo stuff. It's like I am scared shitless to get on this thing. Like this is this thing can fucking kill me in one thought. Yeah. But I'm gonna choose to get on this thing and r- try to ride it. Because it's the only thing, or downhill skiing, this this like this is not safe. Like this, like there's like a lot of imminent things that could happen oh, here yeah. that could harm me. But it's the only thing that pulls all your other bullshit aside and makes you focus on what's actually happening. 
And it's the most like, and then the adrenaline kicks in. It's the most liberating if you live. It's yeah. the most liberating feeling ever. It's the greatest feeling. I'm sure like racing a dirt bike at a high level, like hitting the fucking, hucking the biggest whip ever, and you're like scared shitless of a, of a start, and you get a whole shot. It's like, there's no other feeling like that. Because people that are scared have never experienced that. Right. And it actually is the only thing on, that we have that doesn't allow you to think about anything else. That's that's why I do a lot of the shit that I do because I'm like, this doesn't allow me to look at my phone, think about any of the bullshit and the stress and all the yeah. like, all the things that don't matter. I'm only here right now. And that's truly your life. Like that's yeah. like you have moment to moment. And that's it. Yeah. And it's the only thing that pulls you 100 percent into that moment because yeah. it's fear based. Yeah. yeah. All your all everything prior perception. All your like your neurons are firing to not let you die. And it's like that's that's a hundred percent like truly living. Yeah. And if you can live that with no, when there's no fear, like if you can just live in the moment, that's one thing I've totally. really wanted to try and get into. Just that's what I'm getting. I say, yeah. In the moment, all the time. Like, yeah. I feel like that's the best way to reach your maximum performance, to be the happiest. Just to live. Like, what's that quote? Um, what was that quote? Uh, here, this moment. Uh, I can't think of that quote from that movie, <laughs> that uh, gymnastics movie. You know that movie, that quote? Yeah, I don't that, know. You know the gymnastics movie? Which gymnastics There's movie? There's like a... Like the what was that gymnastics movie called? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I can't think of it. I fucked it up. Jay, pull this fucking movie up. Yeah, come on. Where's your... <laughs> yeah, Jay, pull it up, man. Come on. <laughs> uh, something about here, now, this moment. Oh, I know what... I think I know what... It's like a... Women's yeah, it's a gymnastics movie. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a great quote though. It's yeah, yeah, it's no. a famous quote. Uh, yeah, what's that movie I think it's here now, this moment. What well, makes sense, right? It's like that's really all, all there is. You think about I don't know if like I'm sure you've all had have your own mentors and your own people you look up to, especially when you're in like your early twenties. You're in those 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 times in your life, and you're like a little confused of what you want to do and who you are, and like you're trying to figure shit out. Not that not that you're never like you're, we're always trying to figure shit out. That I don't care who what age you are, but you get these people that go like, "What are you so worried about right now?" Like, yeah, none of this stuff is occurring. That's like the, this is like the definition of anxiety. You're worried about something that hasn't occurred yet. Yeah. So, and we've all felt anxiety, and some of us have like are crippled by it and like are medicated because of it. You're worried about this thing that hasn't occurred yet, and then you miss all this other shit that's happening, like. The nine other steps of your day mm-hmm. to get to the tenth step that might be really stressful, you've just neglected. Yeah. And then some people live like 80 years like that. Yeah. And you manifest what you think too. 100% right? you do. Because if you're worried about something to happen, it's probably going to happen. Because that's all you're thinking about. And you're going to take, you're going to miss these steps and you're going to drift that way into that. Absolutely. And when I was, when I was racing at, at the highest level that I got to, I had this, like, especially when I was in high school, I was, like, really unconfident and really just, like, I, I was always just really, really shy. And I talked to, I went to a sports shrink for, like, the, and I was super embarrassed to go. I'm like, ah, it's like, why, why don't we try this? Because I was always, like, worried that I was going to, I was always, like, touted as this talent that I, I could never perform when I really, really wanted to or when I really needed to. She's like, she told me this thing, and I'll never forget that she goes, so everyone's telling you that you have this ability and you know like all your testing and stuff is shows you have this ability. So you get on the start line, what do you tell yourself that makes you think otherwise? Yeah. And I just go like, well, everyone else probably has that same ability. She's like, or maybe they're thinking the same thing about you. Then you go, well, for all a little bit scared of everything, 
Like, what the fuck? Are we, like, what? Like, yeah. really? What are you afraid of? You're mostly just afraid of your own thoughts. That's right. Like, what? Like, what could go? Like, what could be worse than like failing? Uh, yeah, you think like, you don't win? Like, whoop you fucking do? Try again. Or if time. you go the opposite way and go like, I'm gonna attack this race and go like as hard as I can, or like this person that's been beating me forever. I'm just like gonna. I'm just gonna try to not. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna try to do whatever I can yeah. to not give up and to beat this person or to, or to like attack at a certain moment in the race where I normally would be terrified to. Then all the fear goes away. Just gone. Yeah. yeah. That's why I think when you see a lot of people that when they like they get a bad start or they crash in the first turn, yeah. they have the best moment of the, their or the best race of their life because all that fear goes away. If your response yeah. is just gone in, now, you're, you're just like oh, holy shit, yeah. okay. It's you're like in the moment and you're just doing what you what you're, you're just riding you're your just bike. You're reacting. You're just riding yeah. your bike. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's that that moment, like, and then the next race I did after that was like a pivotal moment in my whole life. I was like, "Who gives a shit? How f- afraid I am right now? Like, I am being, I'm literally talking myself out of trying to win." Yeah, as crazy as that sounds, and it all changed after that. Yeah. So, I kind of agree. Well, I hundred percent agree with you there. Um, <clears throat> so that was like the mental side of kind of like what I call looking forward. Yeah. So I was always taught growing up, like whenever you're doing something, whether it's skiing driving, motocross, wherever you're looking is where you're going. For sure it is, yeah. And I kind of take that into the mental side of things too. If you're looking for that crash in the first turn, you're going straight for that crash in the first for turn. For sure you are. You know, if you're looking for the whole shot, you're looking to outpedal those guys, whatever it may be. I know, it's just shit happens. Like sometimes you get crossed up or whatever, but yeah. you don't want to be thinking that. But yeah, the minute you think it or the minute you're kind of focused on that or looking at it, that that's exactly where you're going. Yep. You have really no other choice. Your body's going to make you do it. 100%. If you're riding your bicycle down the road and there's a rock and you start staring at that rock, you're going to hit, hit that fucking rock. Like the big the big boda. <laughs> <laughs> Inside joke. Yeah, there's a big boda like, on the side of that trail. Don't hit that boda. Yeah. So it's, hit the boda. It's mental visualization or actual visualization. I think, you know, whatever you're looking at mentally, physically, oh, that's yeah. where you're going. So All that stuff um, that we talk about. Like you said, like you're preparing. looking at the other riders on the line. You're looking at them thinking that they're better than you. Well, you've already said they're they're better than that, you. That was you're the whole thing for me. Them, like right? they're all thinking the same fucking thing. Yeah. No, everybody's scared shitless to be on. Everybody the, is. Everybody. Everyone's know? scared right now. The, so the guy beside you might be a little dumber than you are, but <laughs> <laughs> you know. or way smarter for my yeah. yeah who right? knows? But, but yeah, um, that that'll always stick with me. And I was like, I was pretty. I was like 16 or 17 when she told me that. I'm just like, man, that's like totally right. Like, what am I, yeah. what am I, I'm afraid of myself to like maybe potentially have success. Like that is whacked. Yeah. And I feel like everyone kind of knows that deep down, oh, yeah. but it's like when they fail once, they kind of revert back to that you mindset. Talking negatively, like I, I suck. Yeah. Like, fuck, I, I, I'm a piece of shit. I shouldn't have done that. I'm embarrassed. Like you're a failure. And, and then it just, it just continues. Right. And you can have like these unreal training days because there's no pressure on you. And then you get to the start line, you're like, Remember that one time when you like really sucked and everyone saw? <laughs> then it's yeah. like, well, who the fuck cares? Like, no one remembers that except for you. Yeah. It's like that's 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 what makes a good a good rider or like a champion based on somebody who's just gonna kind of float through the whole. Why career. do you think it is that we remember all those shitty moments of ourselves, even though nobody else does? Right. Like, what is go. it about us that just holds on to that? Very, remember when you sucked that day? Remember when you did that stupid move or whatever? Yeah. Nobody else can remember it, but because it's your ego. Yeah, there you definitely. Go. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, hmm, I'm judging you pretty hard, man. <laughs> remember that time everyone saw you <laughs> with your pants down? <laughs> yeah. 
but it's like yeah it's just that's just your ego brainwashing you that's yeah. all anxiety is man yeah yep. that's all that fear is it's like well what's the worst that could happen here you don't win okay well that's, that was probably gonna happen anyway because you were fucking talking yourself out of it to begin with yeah. but what if you shut the fuck up and tried to win and that goes for and anything did. in life, right? Yeah. Like, just yeah. shut up and try yeah. it. Like, like, that's the one thing I try to tell myself all year. I was like, you know what? It's going to be what it's going to be. I'm going to yeah. go out there and give it my best, and yeah. it is what it is. Even with this podcast you guys started, which I think is super dope, it's like it's terrifying to start something new. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Everyone's no going to judge you. Everyone's going to tell you what the fuck <laughs> are you doing. Right? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, like, who's going to listen to this show or whatever Who it cares? is? Same thing with migration. It's like, what are you doing? I'm like, you literally just have to start it, and then it'll just happen. However, so, it's going to happen. But because there wasn't, like, maybe even with migration, right? There wasn't immediate huge success. Like, yes, there was small little successes and stuff. No, like it was. But over the last few years, it's grown and grown and gotten yeah. better. And yeah. more people are on the program. And, yeah. you know, yeah. it hasn't stopped. It's just like. And a lot of that's a lot of that has to do with the the, app, the people, the, the really great people that I get to work with and that, I've, that I have got to learn from. And then their promotions yeah. and their, like, you know, work ethic. But yeah, it doesn't just happen overnight. But if you gave up quick like that, you wouldn't have met half those people. Well, trust me, there's a lot of times where I was like, man, what the fuck am I doing? <laughs> yeah. yeah. But oh, we talk about that a lot. Yeah. And I'm sure even to this day, you probably still say, what's going on? Oh, yeah. Am I COVID doing? hits oh, and you're yeah. like, well, I'm done for it. But I'm sure there's other days where you're like, damn, this is sweet. Like, yeah, I'm you glad get, I went down this path. Yeah, you get the one day you're like, oh, genius. <laughs> 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 and then there's all the other days. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, yeah. No, it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's very, very humbling, though, especially when you start out and you're like, I have no, even like I talk about taxes, I'm like, I have no fucking idea what I'm doing. Like, what am I doing? No. I go to account, like, almost in tears, like, please help me. <laughs> like, here's like all my books and like all like these numbers and like receipts. And I'm like, please just help me. And they're like, yeah. oh man, you poor bastard. Yeah. <laughs> but then you learn. That's just how you learn. Because you're terrified of this thing that's like not even a, a legitimate feel. Like, this, like, taxes are not going to hurt you. Or like, no. Like, no, but like, you know what I mean? Like, no, no one, like, it's not like imminent death. Like, yeah, no one's like coming no. at you with like a gun no, and like yeah. chasing you and be like, yeah. you owe this money, no. money, money, or whatever it is. Or it's like, you have to do all this book work. It's like, I'm just at work. I'm like, that sucks. But I'm like, afraid of like failing doing that work improperly. So yeah. ask for some help. Hey, you got to ask for help. Yeah. If you don't ask for help, you're never going to succeed. How do you know how to do something you've right. never done? That's right. Yeah. It's like, well, I feel like an idiot. I'm like, but you've never done this. So take it easy. Like, again, that's that ego coming. Totally, it's ego. Yeah. It's all ego. Like, I'm gonna be like a fucking loser if I don't do yeah. this right. It's like, well, you've never done this before. Yeah, and too many people are scared to ask for that help too oh, to try time, to succeed. Man. Like, how many professional racers think, "Oh, I got the training aspect of this lockdown. I got the technical aspect of this lockdown. I need a better bike." Yeah. And reality is, yeah. you need to ask for help in all three of those. Oh, areas. for sure. <laughs> well, how many never, people? Are like, I mean, some people get a mastered, but it's it's tough to get a mastered. Like, yeah. How many people are just scared of looking weak by saying, "Oh, I need help in this area. Or I need help yeah. in this area." Like, you you can always grow in every area. Well, well, even now, like you talk about people like going like like oh, I go to therapy lots just to like therapy's good. There's like I got to sharpen some shit that I suck at, and like the mental side of things is is all all there really is. The, the body and everything will follow that but it's like even like your personal life it's like man there's some shit that I really don't know like I don't know how to do this or I suck at this and it's like eats you alive and you're like I'm a fucking man I'm gonna be tough and not get help for this well how do you know how to do something if you've never experienced it or never done it that's where the fear comes in because you're just like I don't know how to do this so you either have to learn by failure yeah. or accept the help like yeah, those totally. are really your only which is also options, terrifying right? but it's like that's the only way the only way forward is through yeah 
And that's that goes even with like tough conversation with friends and stuff like that. It's like we've all had those moments. Where you're like, I gotta talk to this motherfucker because this is starting to piss me off or like whatever. <laughs> you just don't do it, and, it, and it just blows up. Yep. Now I'm like, if there's a, an issue, let's have a conversation. It'll suck for like five minutes, and it's like, oh, I l- you learn something about the other person, or you see like a different perspective. And you're like. That's why that was going on. And then you can like nip in the bud and you can like, move on. Yeah, don't and, do like, it over text where you're not gonna get any kind of emotional totally, reaction, totally, right? It's totally. gonna be terrible. But do you let the shit boil over and like and you like have this all this animosity and then it's then it's ruined. Yeah. The biggest thing that you just said to me was perspective, right? Yeah. You don't understand the other person's perspective. You may think they're copping out or not doing you know, well, they don't like this. You just don't understand their perspective. Maybe yeah. there's something else going on. When everyone wants to be right. And a lot of times you're not right. Know. That doesn't matter. Oh, like I'm one of those guys who wants to be yeah. right all the time. <laughs> yeah, so uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, that's everybody, right? The that's everybody. Of the situation is you're wrong more than you're right, but or even if even if you're both right or you're both wrong, it's like there can be okay. There's got to be a common ground here. Yeah. Like they yeah. we're both trying to say the same thing, but we're just like fucking screaming at each other. Whatever. <laughs> you like talking about the the rookie uh, salary cap there in yeah. the NHL or whatever. It's like that was the dumbest. Like we're like. We're both kind of right, but also, like, you're probably more right than I was. And we just, like, I was just like, fuck this piece of shit. I'm going <laughs> to argue with him until I win. Like, I'm going to submit <laughs> you. And he just didn't, like, I'm right? just like, he's not fucking back. We down. wasted probably, what, two, two, two hours, hours at least, like, sitting like, at the, the bar just, like, bitching each other. And then it's at the end of the time, we're like, what are we doing? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Here's one of my favorite things about, like, that was, that was cool, though, because like we came that. out of that. Like, it was like, we come out of that still. Having our different opinions, yeah, still on it or whatever. Opinion, yeah. But like, still friends, still laughing, still you know. And I, at that point, we really didn't even know each other. In fact, it no. might have made our relationship a little stronger because sure it was yeah, like, for sure all right, I respect this guy for being able to stand up for his views yeah. and opinions and whatnot. I was like man to man combat, man. Like yeah, no one was no, backing was, down from that. Yeah. That was fun, and I think yeah. uh, a lot of people miss that in conversation these days. Yep. And, also, what ruined that whole conversation was bringing a phone out to see. Totally, to- yeah. Was right. Yeah, what do people do before <laughs> phones? Are like we just you just debate until you like I don't know one person dies, I guess, or like yeah, <laughs> you know, someone gets like a meat cleaver and like gets aggressive. I don't know. Well, people talk about not being able to have conversations with people anymore. Well, half of the conversation was trying to figure out what what's what's the actual fact here. What's yeah, it wasn't even that we were mad at each other. It was like yeah. who? Well, what's actually right here? Yeah, like, we're trying to get to the bottom of an actual yeah, like problem we didn't know. And you're just saying, oh no no, I know this guy. Yeah. You're saying <laughs> yeah. I know this guy. <laughs> I know this like, guy. Two you different articles chill. that say yeah. one thing, one says the other yeah. thing. Yeah yeah totally. So but, stuff like that's fun, and then we can sit here better off today because of it. And then yeah. I know I can have a real conversation with you and debate you on something and go, actually, Brad, I don't agree with you because of. Uh, XYZ. And yeah, you'll, go, yeah. you'll probably look at me and go, ah, oh, you know what? Yeah, maybe I should listen a little bit. I'm still not going to agree. Totally, but yeah, yeah. I should listen a little bit because we've had conversations like this before where, totally. you know, yeah. we something constructive actually comes out of it instead of just, you know, all negativity. For sure. And you know, everyone has these moments in their life too where you have like, either you've been bullied or you have some trauma and you're like, you, you have these set of patterns in your life which is develops your like subconscious psyche right your your personality is dictated on your past <clears throat> so if they have these like certain tendencies to be aggressive or you have the tendency to be shy or, or whatever they are right for each individual it's because of something that happened to you in the past so then how do you reprogram that well you kind of have to go you have to take your ego totally out of it and whether that's therapy or whatever the hell, the hell route that is you choose and go I'm going to be very vulnerable and be very uncomfortable in these conversations, even if I disagree with this person, but let them speak and 
talk to them about something that I highly disagree with. And I almost guarantee nine times out of ten, when you come out of that, you're like, I don't actually agree with what I was thinking before right? all yeah. the time. Yeah. And it goes but, from both sides, too. Totally, totally. Yeah. But, but to actually, like, because I'm like, I'm a fucking combative person. I'm just like, if I am fixated on something or I like, want something or I am pretty passionate and, like, knowledgeable on something, I will fight you tooth and nail. But as I get older, I realize I'm like, man, that's super stressful. Like, wears you down after a while. Yeah. And then you're like, well, yeah, maybe, maybe that's true, actually. Like, and, and maybe this person that only sees it from their perspective, that's all they know. Yeah. So then you have empathy towards on like, and then you can have, like, an actual legitimate and mature conversation. Yeah. Maybe I just late to the game on that, but it's a cool realization to learn moving forward. No, that's totally. That's everyone's lacking that because we all communicate over text. Yeah. Well, you don't get another, that because you don't get the like the social cues and everything like that when yep. you're texting. Yep. You don't I feel actually the same connection. Yeah. When I was in the southern U.S., sorry to cut you off there. No, it's all good. Um, in the southern U.S., I when I was in university there, you can we can talk about you know night and day about religion and anything to do with that there. But the fact of the matter is that people down there are they're they're pretty devout in their in their faith and and their yeah. way of life, and that's just what they're brought up in and. I have a different point of view from where I grew up and like you would all have a different point of view. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but to to have a conversation and put an idea into someone's head that they've never actually thought of before is a super powerful way to have an engaging conversation with somebody and build a relationship with somebody, even if you disagree to the point of like you would fucking kill each other. Just to have that what? space where you're like, what if though? Yeah, well, that's how you get an engaging conversation. That's, that's what I'm saying. Right? Like, even yeah. talking about like talking about space with these yep. people who are like devout. I, I'm assuming they're Christian. They're flat earthers. Flat earth. Flat yeah, earth. or flat earth, or whatever, whatever the hell it is. It's like, <laughs> but have you ever thought of this before? They're like, no. Like, why? Well, that's a system. You, that's that's the the system they grew up in. They've never been allowed to think. Yeah for themselves, or in my case, I've thought a certain way my whole life, and then I met you, who thinks completely opposite of what I do. I'm like, holy, f- like, holy shit, you think a totally different way than I have ever even imagined. Yeah. Then you go like, what's actually right here? What's actually wrong? Well, Maybe there isn't anything to do with that. Yeah, and you can tell a lot by the person by asking them that one question totally. that you said there, like, have you ever thought about it this way? And if that person instantly reacts and responds, and they get defensive. they're not thinking, right? No, they're not thinking. But the guy who goes, oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're right, but you know what? There's maybe this little... Yeah, and you're like, going to have, like, you, you know? have, like, 20... If you're, like, over the age of 25 or whatever, you're going to have some fucking... Even if you're over the age of 20 and you've been, like, yeah. brainwashed your whole life to believe one thing from your parents or, like, we and we all have that. And then all of a sudden someone hits you with a sledgehammer of like, what about this though? And you're yeah. like, fuck that. Nope, that's not true. Well, how do you know? You've never, <laughs> you've never thought of that before. You didn't even take time to consider it. You, so ne- you have <laughs> yeah. no fucking clue. So what now it's like, whoa, about. everything that I've ever been told could be false. Yeah. Potentially. There's nothing wrong with that. No one's right and wrong there. It's just like that's the reality of the situation right now. Yeah. Allow yourself to open up to that vein of like that possibility. That could be there. Then you have all this like cool, uh, like vulnerability and openness with all these like different groups of people that you can bring into your life. And that's the cool thing about migration, I think, is that there's so many different walks of life in the people that we train, the people that are involved with this business. And I'm like, I learned so much from different people, and even the people I disagree with heavily. I'm like, okay, I think that's horseshit. But also, I'm like, 
maybe that's there's something like you have something there that I never thought of before. So yeah. we're gonna learn from that regardless, whether I disagree with you in the end anyway. And one of the biggest things that I've been trying to take out of a lot of things in life, whether I go to a seminar or a meeting or whatever it is, it's you don't need to pull the whole thing out. You don't need no. to go and agree with somebody's big theory. You don't need to go and strip your whole life and re-plug in this new thing. Take a piece out of it. Yeah, take a piece totally. out of it. Take you know, take little bits and pieces of this and that and the next thing. Make your own formula. Yeah, because you know? yeah. that might work for you. That worked for that guy, and you know all those other well, things. But to just totally shut right. it out of your life and be like, no, that's no good. Well, you're not going to gain anything from anything ever if you just shut everything out all the time. Right, but even like the like some of the cowboys that I work with now, like their their entire life they've been in the same area in the same town. What? Who am I to say that? Well, what you think right now is bullshit because you've only been told that your whole life. Huh. You've never traveled like I have. Like you never had the opportunity that I had with sport. Nope. You've never seen different parts of the world. So of course, like if someone told you this, like your parents, or your grandparents that were all in the same town and they all grew up like in that area, of course you're gonna believe that. Yeah. That's all you. That's all you know. Because so you have empathy towards these people, being like, look, like there's a shit ton that you you actually don't know, but like, instead of getting pissed off at them. That's not going to solve anything. They, they actually don't know. doesn't mean they're stupid. Just, they just don't know. Yeah. And you bring, like, this, my, my mom's uh, husband or her boyfriend. He, uh, they went to this big finals rodeo in Vegas a couple of years ago, and I met. I was living in Vancouver at the time. They flew into Vancouver, and he's a full-on cowboy. Like, fuck it. Like, he is, like, is who he is, and I admire him for that, <laughs> but he is not changing. We were walking through Vancouver, and like, there's all these Chinese people. They like, take pictures of him. They're like, "Holy shit, like a real cowboy!" He's like, they thought he was like a gag, like a. They maybe yeah. thought he was like a stripper or something. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's like, "What the fuck is everyone taking pictures of me for?" I'm like, Mark, they've never, they've never seen a like an actual one of you before, <laughs> and he had probably never seen a Chinese person before. Yeah. He's just like, I see like these two worlds just like <laughs> smashing into each other, and there was like no hatred. It was just like. Well, this is kind of weird, but it's just like purely stunned. It was su- it was super cool because I was like, man, you've you've actually never seen this before, yeah, ever. Fuck. It's just yeah, like, but there's no like he wasn't like fuck you like when you take my picture. He's like, oh, that's kind of cool. Like, yeah, I guess like I guess we'll try some like sushi. <laughs> like, <laughs> never had this before, but like, there's no right and wrong with this, right? Like, right. If you can get the whole world to like experience that and 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 have that sort of empathy, oh man, we'd be in such a good place. But. Yeah. Unfortunately, well, we get people that brainwash everyone to well, that's where, like, believe that they're right. You almost got to randomly grab somebody, pick them up, throw them across the world. Yeah, right? you have like, to implant them in a place that makes them go. so fucking uncomfortable they have no choice. Throwing darts at the wall. Of, you, yeah. Here you go. This is where you are today. Like, yeah. and, and then people will start to understand the wall of shit. Like, yeah. There's a lot to this life thing. Yeah, that's how you expand, right? Yeah. Totally. If you just lived in your own little world the whole time, you'd just be the same all the time. You just which be the would same be kind of shitty. Life. Which yeah, is it suck. Why it's like, you know, even with the motocross thing, like you got to break out of that motocross totally. community. You got to break out of the motocross healthy. track. Like, it's healthy to go get those other exposures. So I was saying, like, when I came in from the sport I was in, it was like, you ride your bike, you starve yourself, and you. Uh, Try to be as skinny as you can, and you don't have any fun. You don't. You don't even like drink a beer or think about that, and you. That's all you're doing. Yeah. And you meet this motocross world, and it's like, this is kind of cool. This is fun. This is like not the same mentality that all the other people have, and it's like, you find this pattern of like things that you're like interested in and what you like. Yeah. And you just find your way. Yeah. So we. Ha- you have to have diversity, or you you're never gonna figure out what you like. Yep, I agree. Like so that's. You, so even if you're a cowboy your whole life, and you go and experience all these other things. 
and you still want to be a cowboy, then you know. Yeah. But until you you know for sure, don't say anything because you don't know. And you got to have that diversity in a lot of aspects, and then you got to learn when to not have too much diversity in in your uh, right. profession. Or well, you're gonna find eventually like what you like and don't like. Yeah, you got to. F- Focus in on some things, and then some things you got to realize. I need to pull from outside my talent pool. I need to pull from outside yep. of here. That's where we were talking earlier about asking for help because yep. you don't know at all. You need that diverse opinion, so yep. to speak. Or even finding toxic relationships, right? Like even these your friendships. It's like these group of people I've had since I was a kid. Well, they're not helping me expand or like do anything, or like yeah. vice versa. Maybe they think that I'm not helping them grow or or, or mature or whatever it is. It's time to branch out. Yeah. I think we don't think like that enough. No, and there's, and there's actually, like, enough. I used to be really offended by that. There's actually nothing really wrong with that. No, not at all. It's like, you're going to find your way, and it's going to change every couple of years, probably. If you're, doesn't mean the person's yeah. a piece of shit. No. Unless they really wrong you. It's like, they're not a piece of shit. They're just like, you're a different, you're different points in your life, different paths. That's okay. Yeah. Well, that's where I always enjoyed having friends that were like, like Jared and Todd, they were out racing and doing that thing, and I was fully consumed with motocross and whatnot. And then yep. they'd travel out east, and it's like, well, I'm stuck here by myself. I can't be stuck in this little motocross bubble. I got to diversify and go outside yeah. of it. So I'm going over to motor or uh, hockey friends. I'm going over to yeah. mountain bike friends. I'm going over to awesome. you know, over here, over there, over there. And I gained so much more like appreciation for my motocross friends from learning from those other friends. Yeah. And I gain appreciation for them. You know, like it's that perspective. Like it's all you perspective, said earlier, right? You got to gain perspective to, to be yeah. able to understand anything in life, really, I think. And, I don't have enough perspective yet. Like I have zero perspective on life and in the, the overall, when you look at the whole. There's nothing wrong with that though. Cause you're still pretty young. That's right. We're all pretty young in the How grand scheme of life. How many 18 year olds think they have all that perspective already? Cause yeah. they went through high school. You know, I, I certainly probably thought that, you know, coming out of high we school. We probably all thought that. Well, I'm ready. I, I'm lived. I'm an adult. <laughs> yeah. I'm, oh, I think uh, people, I think my people balls get, dropped. I'm good. Yeah. I think people get sucked into that even like in their careers, right? Like they just in their career and they're comfortable there yeah. and they don't want to, they're too scared to go and like branch out and try something new. And yeah. they're just like, they're yeah. just like, there's that fear of failure. And then there's like, I guess the fear of being uncomfortable and yeah. you're like, you're going to go, that's how you get better at every, at your whole view on everything is going and doing something you suck at and then that yeah. that gives you a whole new perspective on everything yeah. and you're gonna re- get respect from your peers if you come up through something you fucking suck at and you like learn how to be good at it or you at, le- at least try to like like okay i'm gonna i'm gonna suck at this for a while and i'm gonna smash my head into the wall people see that they're like okay this person like gained my respect because they're just like doing shit that i would never even fathom doing yeah that's like that's that's cool in my books like, I always have respect for people that are like, I don't know how to do this at all. Yeah. I'm going to try this, though. Yep. And you just keep plugging away. That's how you learn. It, it's awesome. It's the best thing ever. Yeah. I think that's why, like, as kids, we we had a little bit of success, Beer at rips. least in our, like, uh, professional careers outside of motocross or, or school or anything like that was just... Because we would we would branch out when we were kids to try to learn how to how, how to build something how to how to go do this whether it was prepping the track building a go kart yeah um, you know figuring out how to get across town by ourselves like yeah man, I remember we would literally walk across yeah. town <laughs> just <laughs> cut, like stupidest thing in the world but 
how much did we learn from walking across town? You learn it's fucking cold <laughs> in <laughs> it's winter. Cold out, right? like, all right, we learned get some freaking clothes on. Number one. <laughs> number two, you're not a tough guy anymore. Buy a bus pass. Yeah. <laughs> Shit is cold out here. No, I, I think it's good. Like that goes back to the whole uh, thing I was talking about earlier with racing. Like you got to do as much different shit as you can if you want to expand on your riding skills. Like, yeah, yeah. The first part of this conversation got a little fucking no, chaotic, yeah, but it's, it's like that's what it comes awesome. down to. It's I love like, this. If you don't go into all these different avenues, how the hell are you gonna know what you really like? Yeah. Like, if all you've ever done is motocross your whole life, and you all of a sudden you like pick up surfing, you're like, holy fuck, I love this shit, and I hate yeah. dirt bikes. Yeah. Maybe that's what your path. Maybe that's what maybe, maybe that's what you're supposed to do. Yeah. Well, who's to say you can't love dirt bikes and surfing? Well, yeah, that's the other right? thing. Like, maybe yeah. you can't be a professional at both because you do need to have some sort of focus. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah, for sure. A champion yeah. level success, yeah. at least. But There's certain mindsets that are just like, they are just they like do a bunch of shits, and well, that's okay. You look at guys like Ken Roxon, they go surfing. Cooper White, oh, yeah. they go surfing. Like, yep. you know, you can have... And I bet you surfing makes them better at riding a dirt bike the next day. Well, it's that, it's that mental equilibrium that we're trying to find, yeah. right? And some people are like, they're just happy riding 100% all the time. That's all they want to do. All the power to you. Uh-huh. I could never do that. Nah. I like fucking hanging out with, you know, on a boat and going to hang out with my buddies and well, flirting with girls and doing, like, other fun shit that didn't involve yeah. racing. Do the hangout part and yeah. then go do the training part. and then go Still do the, dedicate uh, to the, what yeah. you're doing. Like... But also have a life outside of it. Yeah. Because yeah. then, then when you really have to focus on what you truly want to succeed at, you're there. Yeah. You're not thinking about all that other shit because you're, you're doing it as well as this. Yeah. Well, and if, if you're doing the, like, social aspect correctly, well, I guess correctly, who's to say correctly, but if you're doing that social aspect in a manner where you can spin it as networking. You can spin it as this or that, yeah. right? Like, it's not just going out and getting obliterated every night. No, no, no. You know, no, not but at all. It's, it's, yeah, go out. And how many people have you met that have given you just like that, either a different business perspective because of something they've told you? Every they day, said, man. Well, hey, Brad, connect with me on this in a month because, you know, I can maybe, you know, get something rolling for you or whatever it is. Yeah. So you every do day, have man. to break like we keep saying, like I feel like we're just broken records here. You got to branch out. You got to diversify. You got to find that guy at the bar the one night or the restaurant or opportunity lies everywhere, man. You yeah. got to look for it. Or you got to find the cowboy at the ranch or the guy on the <laughs> yeah. ski hill or the guy at the motocross yeah. track. Like if you are only focused on motocross racers, that's a pretty small pool of people. Like yeah, it's, it'd be a it's boring, a large pool be of a people. Very boring existence. It'd be boring in a sense, right? You'd get. Kind of worn out of it. Pretty well. Right? But I said, there's some people that don't, and that's yeah. fine. You I just wasn't that guy. In and now all of a sudden it's like, okay, well, I, I train these motocross guys, and the skier guys got a little different program. So let's, you know. And then you can pull up all these different things you learn from these other sports that you're like, this could actually really aid in motocross racing. Or like, yeah, this could aid in rodeo stuff. Yeah. That like, they probably never even heard of or seen before. Well, that's why I asked you, what, what did you get out of motocross that, like, you know, you never had before in the cycling world because oh, that, that interests yeah, me. Yeah, lots, like, what, lots, yeah. Mostly know, the mental side. What can we bring from motocross to the, the professional sports world and what can other professional sports bring to the motocross world? Yeah. And, you know, that's where guys like Alden Baker and, and yourself and all these other trainers are kind of changing the game of motocross is mm-hmm. they're bringing an outside perspective. Yep. Right? And, you know, a lot of these, a lot of motocross guys have ex-motocross racers as their trainers you don't really see their results improve yeah. drastically. As I was saying, it's, and I've never said, like, I'm not a technical guy on a bike. Like, I'm not a, I'm not the guy telling you, like, what tire pressure to yeah, run no. or, like, what suspension setting to run. 
but we're trying to get like the physiology side is what what we're specializing in trying to help you with. Yeah, the physiology. But there's side, there's the ten different side. things going on that we're one we're one piece of this. Yeah. You ever and, think that like, I find every time I switch bike brands or I'd make a major switch in my racing career, like a major path switch, I find I I get better. It's because I think it's because you get that different perspective of. I don't, yeah, even, you I don't even know, know what you like, like, what jives with your body. Yeah, it's just like a, it, as, as small as it is, it's just like a different bike. It just like changes your mindset just a little bit and it gives you yeah. a little bit different perspective, I think. Yeah. Well, you talk about the training side too. Like there's a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> Whiskey in the throat. <laughs> Let's make this awkward. Just stare at him while he chokes to death. Hurts <laughs> right. so bad I'm choking him own spit. <laughs> I found too with, uh, or I find with a lot of riders, they get so worn out, and you just need that mental break. But your body isn't fatigued; just your mind is. Right. So when we go ski touring, like that's the whole reason we started ski touring. It was like, man, this is so much fucking fun, and I'm like getting kind of the the like the the brain didn't really know much much different in terms of the physiology was still the same. I was still getting the same training effect by like ski touring for six seven hours a day as I was. That's maybe a bit aggressive. Let's say four to four to six hours a day, as I was riding a road bike. But I wasn't miserable in riding in the rain and the piss and like the snow and just like just feeling like a bag of smash Ooh. assholes all the time. It's like it's I'm fresh, having fun doing new. this. It's fresh. It's new, right? It's super refreshing. Throw that back at you a little bit too. It's like if all you're doing is ski touring, I'm to- sure you totally. that would come miserable like those rainy days on the bike and stuff. Right? It's like, like if every like, day oh, was cold, summer. It's windy. It's I don't want to be out here ski touring. Yeah. And then you get out on your bicycle and oh look at this is so refreshing to be on. A I love change. <laughs> I love it. I like yeah. some people hate winter. I fucking love winter. I love winter more than I love summer. Because I know it's gonna be gone right away. Yeah. Like yeah, no one likes to be cold, but I'm like, we get to experience all these different seasonal changes. Like that might be not be here in twenty years. That's true. And also, it's not going to last forever. Like nothing is permanent. Oh. You get your brain wrapped around that, or it's like, oh, this is miserable. I like, remember, like we did that Exodus project, which was a absolute disaster. Yeah. But we were camping like minus twenty in a tent, like a yeah. shitty tent. And like, I think there was only a couple of us that like actually spent the night in there. But I was like, I'm not leaving this tent. I don't care if my fucking feet freeze off. I'm not leaving this tent because I want to have this experience of being like. Yeah. This is the, like, the most uncomfortable I've ever been, but we're still here. Yeah, and I've never heard you guys actually talk negative about that trip. Other no, than every, that everyone I think has had like a really rad disaster. experience from like it was like it was a shit show. Like everything went wrong. Everything could have gone wrong. Pretty much went wrong. It was the greatest disaster. To totally, ever but we all had this like weird. It was just the goal initially. Is like, let's see how crazy this can get. And it, it got crazy, and it was like it was not a good idea. But anyways, <laughs> nobody died, luckily. But it was also <laughs> your feet are still on. Yeah, like everyone's everyone's alive is still talking to each other for the most part. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was like this experience that we had, and then we get on top of the glacier, and this like the clouds part, and you know, like everyone had a pretty good day up there, and we're like, man, this is all that stress and all that bullshit to get to this moment is like. Even though we only had like twenty good turns, maybe it's like, man, this was like a pretty fucking rad experience. Yeah. And people pushed themselves to the point where it was like, like Arthur, our photographer, the guy's from Anguilla. He has never seen snow. <laughs> we brought him to the top of a mountain, and he was like, "I don't know. I don't know how I'm going to live." 
like through the night. Or <laughs> <laughs> you just come here, man. I'll just cuddle you. Like you got to keep your body heated. He's yeah. like, I think I'm going to die. <laughs> <laughs> and like that dude pushed himself to like a level that no, like I've never seen a human push himself that hard. And I've been in like professional road racing where it's like that's the name of the game. You should taste your own blood. <laughs> and Arthur was like. Man, to this day, I've never experienced that level of discomfort, but I wouldn't trade it for anything. That to me means all like means the world to me. Right? Like, man, you you had an experience that we created that it, like you'll never forget. Although it was uncomfortable, it'll it you'll have that to look back on it as perspective of like anything else that happens like really negatively physical in your life. Yeah. And you have that as a as like your your plateau. It's like, well, yeah, I gotta I gotta walk. My car died or whatever. It's like. Dude, that's that means fuck all. Yeah. That time you almost died in the side of a mountain, yeah. in like minus twenty, living in a sleeping in a tent, yeah. and how miserable that was. He goes, "Yeah, it's really not that big a deal." Well, there was even a time as a kid at Raymond, like we know the windstorms that ripped through there, right? Windstorm comes through, it's blowing all the tents like three farm yeah. fields down <laughs> and stuff. We're sitting in our tent, and, you know, it's completely pancaked and whatnot. Yeah, terrified as a little kid. Now when a windstorm rips through, it's like, oh, it's fine. Like, just we'll get through it. It's no big deal. That's the most minor level of what you're talking about. But people just need to experience that. Like, you gotta experience some discomfort, man. That discomfort of like, I don't enjoy being here, but the next time you might enjoy it a little more. It's not a big deal. It's, it's whatever. And you find that you love camping now. And oh, yeah. dude, I, I love I love pushing that limit where it's just like, yeah. oh, this is gonna suck. But also, it's like, like you get it off on it almost. Right? It almost Man. gives me a little bit of excitement. Remember? <laughs> yeah. when when balls start tingling. It's like, woo! When I was working in the shop and like something went wrong and like the, the cranes aren't working and we're going, oh, we're gonna have to stay late. Chaos now, is the about crane, to ensue. Like, gotta figure out how to fix these cranes. Like that gave me like, oh yeah, yeah. gave me like a little jolt of energy. I'm like, yeah, totally. okay, yeah, like I have some purpose now and I can I, I know how to fix this and I can I've done it before so I can, I know how to figure it out. Yeah. Do you guys find you love storms? I love it. I like love a big storms. ass storm, you're like, oh, yeah. here we go. It gives you a little jolt of energy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I fucking, we had this huge tornado touchdown at the ranch this summer, like a fucking big bastard. And I was standing on the yard trying to take a picture of it. I'm like, it's probably going inside. And like 10 seconds after I said that, there's like a tree getting lifted <laughs> out of the ground. I'm like, yeah, this is not going to be good. <laughs> like, everyone get in the basement. Like, we're hiding in the, like, actually hiding in the houses, like, holy shit. And then I'm like, man, why do I like this so much? Like, this is kind of twisted. But it's because you know there's like, there's, you, it's out of your control. And then you yeah. have like a problem and a big challenge you get to face. But that's all that's in front of you. They talk about the same thing with fear. It's like, now, now that you've been through some shit in your life, you yeah. know this is like, okay, whatever happens here, now we got to deal with yeah. it. Right. All the other problems in your life no longer exist. Well, and like, it's the coolest feeling ever. You also probably learn how to channel that fear into like excitement, that productive excitement yeah. too. Of like, okay, we got this big ass tornado coming. Make sure that there's nothing that's gonna blow through the windows. Yeah, get out, of, get away from the windows. Get, get to the basement. Get in the basement. Yeah. Make sure you know we're we're safe, secured, and then next things, yeah. you know, you got you start running through your checklist of 100. You do. Here's what. Here's how we succeed in these fearful moments. And yep. What do they say? What's the number one way to get out of an, any emergency situation? Remain calm. Yeah. It's pretty hard to remain calm when you're fucking just stricken with fear the whole time. Like, Dude, it's a wild experience. So if you've never experienced true fear, yeah. how do you know how to channel fear right. into something more? I like I like chasing it now because it's uh, like to like a reasonable level where you're like, okay, this could... You don't want to do anything that's like exponentially bad, putting other people at risk. But it's like, again, until you've experienced that enough times, you can just override it and like figure it out. You're going to be crippled by it. Yeah. That's not a fun way to live, I don't think. No. 
Well, yeah. Have you guys, any of you guys read Jordan Peterson's book, 12 mm-hmm. Rules for Life? You read mm-hmm. it? That's like all he talks about, right? It's like it's a hard book to read, though. It's very. I had He's to read too it like, intelligent for me. I'm reading it again. Yeah, you gotta like, read it like I read seven each times paragraph like, I don't like get twice, it. right? And it's yeah. like, yeah, it's so the main thing he talks about is like order and chaos, right? The yin yep. and the yang. Yep. So that's yeah. like what gives you meaning in life. And the lobster. Yeah, the, the lobster too. Yeah, but <laughs> it's like it's very hard to read. But like, I'd recommend anyone read, or maybe the audio book may be a little easier to digest. But yeah, his his uh, literature is so he's so intelligent. It's like it's it's hard for anybody to follow unless you're at that like IQ level, which clearly I'm not. But no, I don't are. think any of us are. <laughs> but I think you got to do what you said with a book like that. Like you got to read the paragraph yeah. twice. You almost got to grab a pencil out, circle a few yeah. like highlight points in it kind of break them down a bit i try to dumb it down yeah or watch his lectures on youtube yeah or him on joe rogan is great because like joe rogan's like the perfect guy to like dumb it down and it's not like he's never been through some shit even recently he's been through a shit ton of stress and like really bad anxiety and all this stuff like he's not like he's perfect he just like found a way to battle through it and like he's a hyper intelligent person that's still has pain and suffering and all this other shit that everyone else feels again your problems are not special no, mm-hmm. they're your problems. They're not special. Yeah, there's a, a way to fix it. Yeah. yeah, there is. I think everyone should read that book, even if it takes them three times to read it, because it's a, like there's a yeah. anyone can take a lot out of that book. Yeah, I totally agree, man. Shit, people just need to read more books in general. I think so too. Know? Like, Get there's a lot of bad book. books out there too. Just like there's a lot of bad information on the internet. Oh, for sure there is. Like, how much more intelligent do you feel after reading that? Oh, book? Oh man, I feel great. Even just like my ego is a little pumped up. And... <laughs> You're like, I read a page. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Holy I shit, I can do this. Yeah, you get a little like couple pages, like, damn right, I did that. Well, it yeah. feels good too, right? To like, and it wasn't a like picture book. <laughs> it's much more productive to like. I, it's what I find is like reading instead of watching TV from like nine to ten o'clock at night. Just read a book for an hour. Mm-hmm. Yeah, way more productive. You're gonna yeah. learn something. Like there's, well, that's where I go back to that like thing I was talking about earlier with that. I don't have enough time to read a book. Right. I don't. Well, shit. How much TV do you watch? How much time you're on? Your oh, phone? but I need, need to unwind. I need to unwind at the end of the night, right? Like, yeah. Well, sure, enough, yes, you, you have do, to. Whatever. But let's take your two hours of TV watching, bring it down to an hour, read a book for the other there hour. You go. Yeah. Like you're still unwinding. For an hour. Audiobooks. Read an audiobook on your drive to work. Yeah, like, and and the whole unwinding thing. Like, I get that. I say that. I use that excuse in my own life. And that's all it is, is an excuse, really. Like, oh, I need to unwind. I had a tough day. I'm just going to, like, chill out tonight. And, and I don't want to do, like, <laughs> yeah. the house chores and the, the, the life stuff. Yeah. Right? Well, then you're just even further behind the next day. Yeah. And then you procrastinate because you're scared of what the result of what might happen behind yeah. was, right? <laughs> totally. All the things we've talked about, of all the negative things we've talked about tonight, to me, are just a circle. You bounce from fear to um, your ego to your, you know, all the other things we've talked about. I can't even remember. It's been a bouncing around podcast right here. good, though. But uh, good I find you just circulate in that little puddle of negativity Unless you can yeah, you find the things in your out. brain that are just like triggers and you yeah. just keep going around and around and around. Yeah. And so you branch off of them. Yeah. Then you develop a new pattern of habits. Yeah. That's, that's what life is, man. I tell people like that, you see people like that are having really bad uh, like anxiety or like they're really struggling with like the patterns that they're in. Yeah. Like I know a couple of my really good friends have jobs they fucking hate. Yeah. Like their day to day is just shit. Like the fact you're living for two days a week is the problem. 
problem isn't your job. The problem isn't what your circumstances are. The problem is that you've decided to be like, eh, this is all I'm good at. This is all I want to do. You have, say you have like 60 years of work ahead of you. 50 years of work ahead of you. I don't know about you guys, but that's a fucking overwhelming amount of time to do something you don't like to do. Yeah, we can't even comprehend what that number means at this stage in life. Yeah. What's the thing? Like us? Yeah. But like, imagine someone who's like eighty-five. Yeah. Like the end of their life, and they're going like, "Fuck, I did that what fucking did job. I, I fucking hated, man. I sat in that fucking desk my whole fucking life. or like you, you know, or whatever it is. Fuck that shit. Yeah. I'm done. I'm not doing that anymore. Not that I ever really did it, but I'm like, nope. Why, like, at what point does materialistic bullshit and money override your, like, human level of consciousness where you're like, I am enjoying just being here? Yeah. Like, well, isn't, that, isn't that crazy? I, yeah, I know exactly what you're saying. I've been there. We, we've all been there, but it's like the point where I'm like, I don't care. I don't, if I don't fucking ever have a pension, I don't care. Yeah. Like, right. unless I have kids that I need to support. Which yeah. I, not that I know of anyway. <laughs> but it's like, that that's like prison to me. Yep. I'm going to do this thing that I fucking hate for like nine hour, eight, nine hours a day. So I can go watch Netflix for like three or four and go to sleep and do it all over again. Well, and when you hate eight or nine hours of your day in your life, you're probably going to hate that last four as well. You're just gonna yeah, be and you're like, all that you're going to be like, fuck, right? I got to get up and do this again. Yeah. Like, no, I'm like, I'm like, I've never ever done that. I'm like, I would rather, like, when I started migration, I was like, I would rather live in my car when I had no fucking money yeah. or like sleep on people's couches or like rent a shit house that had like no running water before I would ever like pay the man and like just work for like be a yeah. slave basically. Like I'm never going to do that. Yeah. See, I think a lot of people get trapped in not being able to, to live that lifestyle. It's because fear-based. Right, we're getting back to. It's fear-based and then they also have, you know, maybe a, a kid came along too early. Or totally, totally. They end up Life running. changes for a lot of people quickly. But again, like, how many times is that an excuse, right? Like, okay, yes, you have another life. You got to take care of it. You got to kind of put yours on the back burner here a, a little bit. But mm-hmm. what benefit is it doing to that other life if your life's no good? Because you can't pass on any real quality of life to that next next person. Yeah. If that's, you're that's, 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 totally for me, I was lucky as I had my mom. Like, yeah. hats off to her. Young, young single mother was like, I am not fucking allowing my kids to experience what she experienced and allowed us to travel and experience all these different kids. It's like, if you want to do this for a career, there's no fucking financial gain coming from us. If this is what you want to do, you have to work your ass off and you're going to have to sacrifice everything else to do this. So you, you make the choice. It's like, that's what was taught from my brother and I from a very, very young age. And we're very, very fortunate to have that lesson. It's like, don't take in all the bullshit. Like, you're supposed to drive this kind of car. You're supposed to have this kind of house. You're supposed to have this kind of girlfriend. You're supposed to have kids at 25, whatever the fuck it is. Yeah. Who, who's, to, like, at what point did someone tell you that is, like, the way your life is supposed to be? Yeah, who told you who, that? Like, who, who are they to tell you how you're supposed to live your life? Fuck that shit. Yeah. Nope. Who cares if you drive a shitty... I, I drive the same shitty car that I had when I was 17. The bank doesn't own me. Yeah. And if I if I, ha- I need a place to sleep, I can sleep in that car. <laughs> like, yeah, 
I don't have bombs blowing up over my fucking head. Yeah. Well, and again, like it's, it goes it's, back to you probably made more connections in your lifetime where you don't need to sleep in your car because you could just call up somebody you know. Well, that's, that's, that's the other thing. It's like I have amazing yeah, friends. Yeah, like, and I don't want to do that, but it's like yeah. if I had to. Yeah, if you had to. Totally. Right? And versus somebody who's stuck in their own little bubble and their own negativity of their own job, and then they end up with a hard spot where they got to sleep in their car for a night. They got yeah. nobody like around them supporting them either because they were just a yeah and they have no real like fucking awesome experiences like yeah yeah, i slept in my car for six months during this company but i had a fucking awesome time (laughs) (laughs) like it was it was crazy but it was also sick yeah you know how many like you know how many memories i had doing that even in california i was staying at your place and i was just like i have a bed to sleep in today but i also am like kind of like just being a (laughs) (laughs) dirtbag you remember that yeah i parked in jared's driveway this like nice ass house i'm like I'm gonna sleep in my car tonight. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell's wrong with you? I'm like, I don't know, man. I just you get on this like you you start rolling. You like yep. the chaos. It's just the, the beautiful chaos, chaos, man. Yeah, the beautiful chaos. And like I got really nothing. Like there's nothing wrong with this, but society tells you, the fuck you do sleep in your car. Like, well, I wanted this quality well, of life three years down the road from now, rather than working at this place for somebody else that I don't know and. Doing the same shit every day, sitting in a cubicle and watching my life. See, the big pass by. difference I hear out of you is like, you weren't just sleeping in your car as a place to sleep. You were sleeping in your car to better your life, you know, in totally, other yeah. aspects, right? Like, yeah. I knew it's like a it's like a sacrifice that I'm making, but also I'm like, yeah. I'm not gonna starve to death tonight. Like yeah. I'm gonna be fine. Yeah. I gotta mind the bank to go to like go to A and W if I have to. Yeah. <laughs> like it's not that big a deal. Yeah. Like there's people who start sleeping in the car and just get wrapped into the well, I have no place to go, so I'm just going to sleep in my car, stay in it all day, not make any money, not try to strive to be any better because life's got me down. I'm just going to get kicked down again and kicked down again and kicked, you know, like, but you, it's like, all right, I got, you know, no house to sleep in, big whoop. I'm going to go start a training company. <laughs> oh, you know, like, yeah. It, it just well, it's kind of had that weird realization where I was like in a really shitty spot in my life where I'm like, what the fuck do I want to do after racing? Like, actually, not like, not like what everyone else is telling me to do. It's like, what the? What do you want to do? I'm like, nothing else comes to mind but this. And it had been in my mind for a long time. I'm like, fuck it. And all the credit for that goes to my brother and my cousin Warren. Yeah. They're like, this is what you want to do. All right, let's get this going. Yeah. You just got to start it. Warren, he's always been the guy that's told me, he's like, the only way through the shit, or the only way forward through the shit is like right through it. So just get through the really rough part and start it, and then it just, it just roll. And don't worry about all the shit that hasn't happened yet. Like, like, don't worry about five years down the road what your mom's gonna think or what your like. Like, who cares? So not, when, that's not their life. That's your. This is your life. When you were going through high school and like people would ask you, "What do you want to do with your life?" Did you have something like migration in your mind already, or is that something no, that no? It was uh, no. When I was in high school, it's probably I was so dedicated to racing. I was such a late bloomer and everything. I'm still a late bloomer in everything I do, but like. In high school, I was, like, a total, like, loner, like, very shy, very unconfident, just like, no, I'm just going to... I knew I had some, like, a little bit of talent in, in endurance sports. And I was also playing hockey at the same time, but I was, like, a runt. Like, I didn't grow until I was in grade 12. Okay. I was, like, five foot seven until I was in grade, 12, uh, grade 11. Then so I was then I was 6'4", yeah, that next summer. I was, was going to say, you grew a lot then. And it was like, what the hell is going on? So I was, like, I was in a very awkward stage at a later time than a lot of my peers. So I was like in a weird like conundrum, like do I keep playing hockey or do I like, go bike racing? Right. And then I went to bike racing, and it was just like 
it was just a weird trickle of events. It was like, oh, this is the one I picked. Now it's like fucking hell bent for like this is what I want to do. Yeah. There you go, hell bent. Hell bent. Yeah. This is this is like this is what I'm choosing to do now, and like here's here's where we're going. And I didn't give a fuck about school. I didn't give a shit about university at that point or anything. Yeah. And then once I got through the first couple of years of racing, and we went to Europe, and I was just we were getting our asses whipped. Like to the point where I was like, what the fuck did I do? <laughs> like <laughs> why am I here? Like this is not fun. I hate this. And. uh I talked like my, my buddy Evan there. We talk about this all the time. It's like those are like our pivotal moments in our lives where we're like, I've never been so miserable physically. It's like we're we're, we're dying, but it's like, man, I'm ra- racing our bike like four or five days a week, pissing rain in Belgium and like living in these shitty motels and just like fucking, I hate this. Like I don't want to do this anymore. Then you come home and you like go back to school and you're like, man, we were like racing our bikes around the world, yeah, getting paid and like. What the fuck did we hit the bitch about? And then you go back after that, and you're like, okay, this is actually what I want to do. And then, then migration started. That's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. That's how the struggle for a lot of people is, like, they get asked that question, what do you want to do? Too young. Yeah, that's the problem with how the whole society, to, right? Like you're like 18. How the fuck are you supposed to know it? I don't fucking know. You're supposed to know in grade 9 what uh, you want to do. Right? Like, oh, hey, yeah. what do you want to take in high school to set yeah. you up for your career? And, and they, like, go, the they you put you through high school. Like, okay, you need this math and this science to get into, like, these four different things. I'm like, I don't even know what I'm going to have for lunch. Yeah. <laughs> and you're asking me, like, what I want to do the rest of my life? Like, get the fuck out of here. I'm not a huge fan of our education system either. No, I don't think anyone is. It's like, well, you get these kids that are like, geniuses at you know music or arts or they're like unbelievable at math or they're unbelievable at like geography but we're gonna make you do a shit that you hate and you suck at and make you feel like a fucking idiot then you're gonna end up like running a company like microsoft or something like look at elon musk's approach to life yeah it's like what and i totally agree with him because he's like hey he's way smarter than me so i trust him <laughs> <laughs> yeah he might be also be an alien but it's like well i don't i don't really care if you have a college degree like most of the people that I know that I really trust and like really like think are intelligent, a lot of them don't have degrees or like. Oh yeah, a lot of people I know don't have degrees, college degrees, and it's university like, degrees. I totally believe that you could do whatever the hell you want to do. Yeah. Who the fuck's to say like, oh, you took schooling in a a lot of the classes you're going to take in university are absolute bullshit of what you actually want to do. Yeah. Well, like who the fuck cares? And. One school will teach it this way, and the next school teaches it totally. a different way. Yeah. So which one's the right way? Yeah. Well, it doesn't matter. They if you're a young kid, right. you gotta learn how to read and write and like do like basic yeah. math. That's one thing. But like, I'm talking like later on when you're like, what do you want to do? Like, I don't know. This person is clearly a genius at like astrophysicist later in life, but you made him do like all this gym classes. He's not a fucking athlete. Yeah. He's a fucking genius. <laughs> why? Why does no. he have to do gym? He hates gym. Or to get the jock who's like clearly not an yeah. intellect. You know, Why the fuck does he have to do math or she has to do math when they're like going to be in the NBA? Yeah. The only argument I have against why would somebody have to learn, why would that neuroscientist have to learn gym? After, like, sorry, after the basics. Yeah, you got to get the basics. Right. You yeah. got to learn physical fitness for your health totally. so yeah. you can survive, right? Because too many people are unhealthy in their lives mm-hmm. and they, they're miserable because of that. That's a choice though, man. And then versus a certain point, jock, it's like right? you choose The jock that. needs to learn how to do math and, and stuff so he can do his taxes. Yeah. So <laughs> well, well, yeah. Iron account for that. Manage his bank a little bit. You, know, you get a really good accounts. account. <laughs> we need to understand the basics of those things 
Uh, well, hold on. Maybe it's because of what we were talking about earlier. You got to get diverse things uh, from everywhere, right? <laughs> Diversification, man. Exactly. No, totally, though. Like, yeah, that, I totally agree with you. Maybe not when you're, like, really focusing on one thing. Like, you're paying a whole lot of fucking money to go to university and focus on this one thing. You don't need to take this, what, you had to take yoga in fucking business school? Like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> oh, dude, I took every yoga class I could. Or, like, every swimming class or, like, bullshit. Because I was like, I'm going to get fucking, I'm going to get a 90 in this class. I took like it's a physical thing. I'm like, I have to do, I have to that's, do, that's I have to read right? cool. I got to take history of rock and roll in a business. Yeah, it's fucking but then dope. you're paying it's a lot awesome. of money for that, though, paying right? A lot of money like, to go to a lot of people can't afford class, that. But, but like, yeah. Oh man, I took what was the one class I took that I I could not even understand why I was there. It was like the economics of sport, but it had nothing to do with sports. It was like we have supply and demand of like goods and like services and trades oh, yeah, i'm like yeah. where's the sporting like i want to do sports shit yeah i get the world that runs on a different platform but like i thought this was sports nothing to do with sports mm-hmm. nothing to do with it like what but that's where i go back at to what point do i need to learn this that thing i was talking about earlier it's like okay you don't need to learn all of that but yeah. did you learn one thing out of it mm. right maybe that class was one thing university will long. teach you is it'll teach you how to like It'll teach you how to spell properly, hopefully. Yeah. It'll teach you how to write properly, yeah. which I think goes a long yeah. way. Even when I type up emails now for clients or, like, if I'm yeah. if I'm in a conversation with somebody and I'm having a text message, you know, not even a, deb- a debate, like, I'm having a conversation over text, and I read people who spell, like, there, there, and there, and they're, mm-hmm. uh, they're all different. Yeah. Like, they're all, they're all backwards or wrong. Yeah. Like, one's, one's like, subjective, or one's, like, a person's uh, belonging of, of like like a there like yeah, T H E I R it's mine. And a noun. Totally like all these things. I'm like, man, I never even fucking would have thought of that if I didn't go to school. And like being like now, I'm like, I almost like go thank Christ I learned this because now I'm like I can tell if I'm talking to someone who like understands the concept of like struggling through that process of university of like yep. how to learn how to write properly. The the most effective class I took throughout all of my university, the only one I remember the most amount of stuff from. Yeah. English 1000, like the very first <laughs> fucking class you take. Or no, what was it called? It English, English 100, bro. It was writing 1000 or, yeah, so, yeah, or something yeah. like that. It was very some basic, yeah. You, know, you have an like, old crusty prof that was like in a wheelchair and not teaching. Even she, was, she was young. I think she was still even in university. But <laughs> oh, she was fuck. Like, I didn't have that. Here is how you write a clear, concise, uh, cohesive you know, piece of language. Yeah. Right? That you're not going to confuse people. You don't got extra bullshit in there. It, That's another thing. How to cut all the other shit right? up that nobody like all the extra words. You, you condense it. it down to just what you want to say. Yeah, and and make sure what you're saying yeah. has something to it. Don't just say it to say it. Make sure like I got a point. Yeah, and, and here's how I want to write it. They now, make you argue even if you didn't you disagree with the topic. It's like it could be on like types of dirt bike helmets. Yeah, and I you're gonna say I like Troy Lee or I like you know Bell. You and you and you disagree with one, but you yeah. have to pick the one you disagree with and just argue that those points. Yeah, you it have teaches to. you how to do that. Yeah, that's the biggest thing. Like that, I'll even do at the dinner table yeah, when yeah. we're talking. <laughs> I may not even agree with what I'm saying, but I'm just advocate, gonna yeah. play the devil's advocate. He's that motherfucker that yeah, does that. Just shit. to yeah, yeah. like get that yeah. conversation rolling, piss <laughs> yeah, yeah. people off. I do that too, though. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Like, I don't. I'm on your side. Yeah. Like I am saying yeah. what you're saying outside of this dinner table. I totally, yeah. I totally know what you mean. But sitting here, I'm gonna tell you, you're fucking wrong. <laughs> I do that with the Cowboys all the time with politics. I'm like, I, I totally agree with like where you're coming from, but I'm like, mm, 
How about Trump? How about Trudeau, though? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, what the fuck did you say? <laughs> <laughs> like, let's yeah. see how crazy this is going to get. Even though I don't agree. Just to see right. what happens. But that's how you find out that guy's got a thought behind him and not just feeling some well, It's, just, it's the thing. It's like, don't just, don't just react from anger. Because, like, I've done that before lots. But it's like, what do you actually think here? Like, really? Yeah. Just you. And there's nobody else in the room that can defend you or, like, you. you there's no. Put your like, phone away so you can't. Yeah, there's, use no, your, there's no herd mode. They don't really? have phones. Those guys. These are old cowboys, yeah. man. They don't have like, phones. Don't, don't take somebody else's opinion and just. And don't go with the herd mentality. Like, what do you yeah. actually think? Yeah. Like, behind closed doors when no one's listening, what do you actually yeah. think? Or is it. So you take that guy's opinion and you agree with it. Why do you agree with it? And don't just say the same thing totally. why did you agree with yeah. that like what part of it made you go oh yeah i resonate with that or this is yeah like, put some more thought behind some i always respect there. somebody that even if they like are like fuck i know i'm gonna get ridiculed for this but this is really what i think i'm like hey you stuck your neck out there yeah i respect that well that's one of the biggest reasons i hate like retweeting is like you're just regurgitating somebody else's thought like all throughout life, we get told not to plagiarize, not to copy, not to steal. Not that's to a good point, actually. I never that's thought of that. That's all we're doing on social <laughs> yeah. media. Is I actually never thought of that, of retweeting. I'm like, fuck, I'm not going to retweet anymore. Yeah, right? <laughs> oh, it's... Whoa! What can you pull from this podcast? I'm never retweeting again. <laughs> I, I don't know. That's just the way I think. I'm like, well, people get upset that somebody stole something, you know, uh, intellectual property for somebody else. Well... Retweeting the tweets, man. That's pretty oh, fucking good. That's well, actually pretty great. Like, that's that's a, good, <laughs> you are giving oh, them credit because their name is there and stuff, right? But people will just take and steal. All you're, all you're doing is trying to get credit for yourself. For like, right. you're Look, trying to like, yeah, I agree with this. Let's you know, retweet it, right? Whether it's like, my girlfriend does it all the time. I'm sure your girlfriend does too, and women you've met, like. They, <laughs> <laughs> All they do is. What are you gonna cut for this podcast? Hey, <laughs> girlfriend, my wife is. All the women you met. <laughs> <laughs> like they they post these inspirational things all the time. Oh fuck and it's yeah! All yeah. so great, but it's like. What part of that do you actually remember? That's right. Do you remember the quote you posted last week? Yeah. Guarantee you don't, because yeah. you didn't actually pull anything out of it. You just regurgitated the information. Yeah. Yeah. Right, and that's like. Yeah. Whether it's it's music or or a podcast, you know, we could sit here and regurgitate the same bullshit Joe is saying, you know, and look like heroes, but <laughs> yeah, that's not our thoughts. Is that we're gonna sit around this table for three hours and sound honestly, like a bunch though, of fucking idiots? <laughs> honestly, though, this podcast we've done just now has been like holy shit, I've never even thought of, and like shit, like I've said yeah, that I don't never even like just came out of my mouth that yeah. I didn't even think of before. That's why I love this shit. It's good. Yeah, what time? What? How? How long are we going for here? Chris is getting so been like at least two hours, I think. I couldn't even tell you. Oh, 2.15. Really? 2.15. Shit, already. And it feels like we just like just started. Just cracked or loose here, man. All right. Yeah, you guys got to come out to the ranch. It'll yeah, set you see. back in time. It'll make your, make your psyche feel good. You're like, man, just, it's awesome. Yeah. Sit on a horse and just sit in the wind and fucking hate life for a bit and you go, that's ah, actually not so bad. Yeah. <laughs> I heard this hilarious quote from one of the cowboys there. He goes, we're riding up this hill. <laughs> like, I don't even remember what time it was. It would have been like eight or, eight or nine in the morning and it's just windier than fuck and you're just like, it's cold and you're miserable and even the horses are like, god damn it. Mark goes, yeah, 
And this is how you become so fucking miserable. Not even death will want you. <laughs> like, this is like actually kind of exactly where I want to be right now because, yeah. yeah, this sucks a lot, but it's also like not the worst thing ever. No. But he goes, this is just how you become tough, man. He's just like, yeah. most people don't experience this in a day-to-day life. Well, I want to almost take it back a minute when you were talking about boredom. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like, so as a kid, you really hated boredom. Like, oh, what do I do? mom, I'm bored. Like, trying to come up with ways not to be bored. I almost cherish a little bit of boredom now. Yeah, boredom is right? a tight. Like, I get time. boredom and then I go, what do I want to do? Like, this is opportunity for me now. Like, there's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like a woman in the bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, totally, though. It's like, it's, yeah, it's a weird, and, but the thing, we all have cell phones, so it's like, ah, you're never really bored. Yeah. yeah. You're, you're just by like, yourself yeah. ever. Well, that's, like, one thing I've noticed this year. Like, this is the first year I've, like, so I've always worked all year racing and, you know, just working. It's, it's just been a total grind every year. This year it's, like, <laughs> I kind of almost miss it a little bit, miss that grind. Like, I have, like, it was, I had a lot of fun this summer. It was a great time, but I yeah. almost kind of miss, like, I almost feel like I got a little bit soft by not, like, I don't know if that's the right way to say it, but, like, I got a little bit soft maybe by, I feel like I maybe had it too easy because I've yeah. had it so much harder in the past where I've like had to work. I'd like, I would literally fly to the race, race all weekend, fly home, go to work on Monday, yeah. work Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, fly on Friday. And it's like, he did grind like that. You I sure feel did. like that. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. It was like a shock to your system. Right? Cause you're not used to it. Yeah. Like now I feel like I had too much free time. I'm like, okay, I'm just driving to the races and it feels like I'm not grinding. But that's enough. the thing. That's just your ego kicking in and going like, Oh, like you're yeah. probably your dad or like whoever the hell was your biggest influence in your life told you like, you got to work your ass off all the time. It's like, well, well that's kind of bullshit. And like, you may not think you did, but as a guy who was sitting there kind of from the outside, every day I showed up or I was there, you were grinding every day, kind of all day long. Yeah, there'd be a few minutes of hanging out, chilling or whatever, just sitting, relaxing. Yeah. You get that with everything you do. Okay. But, I mean, I think you still did a lot of grinding out there. That's that true. wasn't the same type of grinding. <laughs> okay, you know? so it hold on. You didn't hate grinding for it. Yeah. It was like you almost enjoyed what was coming with the grind. Maybe I almost felt guilty for what I was en- I was enjoying it, maybe. That's maybe what it was. Yeah. But you know who Matt McDuff is? I bet you know who he is. Basam, probably. He has a podcast, like a lot like this. Oh, podcast. actually, I, I t- Tyler was on, right? Uh, I'm not sure. I don't know. I just like uh, he that might be has, the reason like, why I know because he told me he's like, oh, I was on this podcast. Like you should watch. He probably this one, was or listen to this one. But uh, I I yeah, he only like has a, like 13 episodes or something. Like a, is he a BMX dude before? Uh, I don't know, but he got really fucked up one time and like almost. I died. definitely. I, it's definitely with the same guy for sure. It so might not had, be, sorry. It might not be BMX for the people. Yeah, mountain bike. This or he, he might. He might be a BMX guy. I'm not sure, but I'd listen. Like Hayden. I'm pretty sure I heard that. I heard Tyler's podcast though. So. Yeah, Hayden told me about his podcast, so I like I checked it out, and he's like, check out this podcast with this one guy. He's like, uh, he's a weird guy. He's like, it's it's a hard podcast to listen to because this guy is like really weird and like talks really weird. But he talks about like I'm pretty weird too. Different I'm sides of the ego. So you have a different side of the ego where like one side of the ego is like telling you you're not good enough. Yeah, yeah. Like right. all the negative, all the negative side of the ego, and you have all the positive side of the ego. So he talks about it in. So you have a key. The black key is the negative side of the ego. And then you have the the other side of the key or the, a different key that is telling you about the positive side of the ego, which is like, Oh, you're the shit, all this stuff. You're this good, this, and all this stuff. 
Yeah. So that's though both of those are toxic. Yep. All right. So you've got to strip away both of these egos and you got to use this key that is just your true self. Mm. So I don't know. It's kind of hard to explain. I don't know. Yeah. I'm, I'm no, butchering it, but yeah. I don't know where I was going with that. But that it's makes like, sense though, man. Yeah. Well, and like, yeah, there, again, we got to go back to finding that balance or equilibrium of using, you, you can't just focus on the negative, but sure, you can pull out uh, a building block from a negative and then yeah. you can't let yourself get too, you know, too or much the, hubris. The negative side's easy. I'm the shit, I'm too good. But you got to have a little bit of that to succeed too, right? Yeah. Sure, yeah. But like, you got to show up to the start the line. Neg- going, the negative side is easy. Shot, right? easy to, the negative side is easy to, to fall it's back on. It's like, that. yeah. You can easily look at all your failures and be like, yeah. We, get, we can look at five fucking things that we are, 10 things that we did in this podcast are like, fuck, we should have done that. Like, that was like a stupid way to, like, or whatever the hell we talked about. It's like, that wasn't that wasn't a cohesive like flow. It's like, well, why yeah. would you focus on that? Yeah. That's not that's not gonna help you go forward. Yeah. But until you know the patterns of like what your brain's gonna do and like be like, you gotta go easy on yourself sometimes. Yeah. You can't just be like, I'm a fucking piece of shit all the time. Then you're gonna believe that. Yeah. Well, like most people are not. Well most well, people think that they are, but they're not. And let's say we're talking about that sentence that we couldn't make flow or cohesive or whatever and you're thinking everybody oh what an idiot he can't talk right when the reality of the situation is one person may think that yeah. 10 people didn't even notice he, it yeah. Yeah. you'd be amazed at how going, seldom people thought yeah when you actually got to know what they were really thinking yeah, yeah one person says wow that was really good one person says wow that was complete shit and then 10 people didn't even register to and you hear yourself so, talking like i sound like an idiot but you're also like well, I was thinking and trying to think on my feet and, like, come up with a sentence. It's, like, it's not an easy thing to do. No. Yeah. You think, like, I'm a fucking idiot because I didn't come up with this. Even in my head, I what's, think I'm smart. What's number one fear of people? It's not death. It's public speaking. Yeah. Right? It's judgment, yeah. That's the number one thing. So, like, when people are judging other people for doing something that's, you know, terrifying or scary, and we don't even have to be talking about public speaking. Let's talk about whatever, getting on a bike or going to school for the first day, right? Like, yeah. Scary. That, that same level of fear and judgment is there. Yeah. It's the first time we do anything shit. for the first time. Have you ever listened to one of these podcasts back and been like, man, I should just shut the fuck up and not talk at all? Cause <laughs> yeah, I'm but then idiot. it's like. That's just, that's just yeah. your ego. But how right? many times do you have just a regular conversation with no people watching, no headphones on and like microphones where you're just like, I should just shut up here and just listen because I'm just like talking over this person. Yeah. This happened three or four times this podcast where I'm like, I'm probably talking over you and you and you. I'm like, shut, just shut up, man. No, I mean, it's good, though. Like, from the outside, it's good, right? Yeah, for sure it is. Yeah. That's, that's the only way to... That's how humans are, man. We all think that shit. Yeah. And then you can go, ah, we're actually on all that, not that much different. Yeah, like, well, that's what I was really? just going <laughs> to say. It's crazy to think how, like, you think you're the only one who's like... No, oh, everyone's man, thinking I, that I'm shit. The, everybody's thinking the same thing about themselves. It's same with self. It just that comes down to self-confidence. You're not special. You're right? not special. <laughs> everyone thinks that they suck because everyone sucks as shit. Yeah. Yeah. But like, if you can, yeah, that's why I always find it now. Like we talk about the public speaking thing. I fucking hated public speaking in high school. Yeah. And then I remember this one pivotal moment in my life where I was like, what is this helping? What am I scared of? Like going to university, I'm like, I have to do this huge presentation in front of like 500 students. Yep. Like, and all, they all have to do the same thing to us. None of us are listening to what they're saying. We don't give a shit. Huh. We're on our phones, we're fucking talking to whoever we're with. We don't give a fuck. So when I go up there, I'm like, nobody's going to actually give a shit about this. It was, and then it just like switched. I'm like, I actually don't care anymore. Yeah. 
And the only person who actually gives a shit about what you're saying is so that he can go to the teacher afterwards and be like, well, my grade should be better because of what he said. You know, or like, the prop that's like grading <laughs> you that's also like getting paid a ridiculous amount of money to like yeah. teach you some bullshit. It's like, yeah. it was like an account. It was like a, a marketing class for like some business class that I, it had nothing to do with my degree. But it was like, I got to get through this shit. So yeah. here, here we go. And I have one good friend who is absolutely petrified of public speaking to the point where he's like, not graduating because he like won't take this class. I'm like, dude, I I I, I feel so bad for him because I know how anxious he is. But I'm like, yeah. there's nothing. Anyone, like, everyone, everyone loves this guy to the point where it's like they're all everyone that I know is best friends with this guy. So okay. when he goes up to public speak, everyone's gonna be actually attentive because they're like, we love this dude. And now he's like, they're all fucking looking at me, <laughs> and they all want to know what I gotta say, and I'm fucking freaking out. It's like, man, how did we rewire that psychology of being like, people actually want to know what you have to say, man. Not because they hate you, because they actually are like interested. Yeah. Then you can have confidence based on like, oh, actually, maybe I'm not a complete idiot yeah. or whatever he's thinking. Well, and that goes back to like ego. You got to believe what you're talking about, too. You got to have the ego in yourself. Well, yeah, for sure you do. Even if sometimes what you're saying is bullshit, which tonight half. 99% of what I say is bullshit, but <laughs> you, you got to have the confidence in what you're saying and believe yourself a little bit too. And then yeah. other people are going to listen to you. And they may not be listening to you to agree with you or, or anything like that, but uh, hey, they're listening. Well, even if it's right? like you're you're not super confident in what you're saying, at least you engage in the conversation you tried. Yeah. It's like, fair enough. Yeah. Like, how exciting would a podcast be if we all just. If we knew everything. How about the weather? Yeah, no, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, like, so. But no, it's, yeah, I, I, it's, the mind is a fucked up thing. But it's also, like, super cool because there's really no end to what it can do or what right. or what you can think or what you can or can't do and all the rabbit holes you can go down. And so it's like, we'll like, never figure it out. So you talk about when we're physically training, pushing the body to its its limits and yeah, stuff, yeah. right? Like, we think we know the, the limits of the body, which the body might be able to go further than what we're pushing it to. Um, these days even, right? Um, maybe yeah. not. I don't know. I'm not behind all that stuff. But the mind, for sure. Yeah. No idea how far you can... No, there's a lot of the mind that I'm sure we haven't tapped right? into. Like, but the body is like... If you look at human beings from an evolutionary perspective and where we're at, like if you look at, you know, 100 years ago, like the running times or like yeah. the times in any and a lot of sports are like physical capability hasn't improved drastically. Right. There's little changes in science, obviously, that are going to yeah. develop year to year, but it's like you, you, you're you pretty much getting the hierarchy of humans every year, and it, it'll change, like, very, very small amounts. Yeah. Can you see the increase in, in technology? <coughs> Excuse me. In technology and advancements in, like, you know, artificial intelligence and how robotics have changed and how, you know, even, like, people with uh, disabilities, like, who have been paralyzed – there's, there's like people who are pretty much able-bodied again, yeah. due to technology. So it's like we're in a, we're in a weird crossroads here where it's like, eventually humans and technology are just gonna coexist Merge, and yeah. just be like a symbiote. Yeah, which is a fucked up thing to think about, man. But it's like it's here already. Wow. But I, but in terms of like the what the mind could do to answer your question, I guess is, uh, yeah, there's a lot that's untapped. A lot. Yeah. Have you guys seen what's that rock climbing movie? Not the, not the free climb or free solo. The other one. Have you seen it yet? Just watched it the other day. I'm gonna just look it up. Free. 
Well, I've seen the free solo one with the Alex Not Mama that guy. one. This other one, it's it's nuts. Meru? No. Um, Meru's pretty crazy. Well, I haven't seen either. There's a thing is that once you overcome that that initial fear thing in the mind, and then you you can probably grow addicted to like physical pain, and like you see some of these like crazy expeditions they're doing in these like really high Himalayan pack trips and like in expeditions. Yeah. It's like fuck. That is like that is like next level suffering. Yeah, your fucking hands and your feet are, are falling off because of for frostbite. It's like, what's the point of that? I don't want to ever do that. I like to think I'm a bit of a masochist where I can like push myself to the point where I'm like, I'm very uncomfortable here a lot of the time. But like, I don't want to lose my hands and my feet. I don't no. want to do that. Yeah, yeah. But some people are like, damn, it's worth it. The Don Wall. Oh I'm yeah, not, that, that's I'm the one. I'm not gonna that's, spoil that's, it. That's, but that's, that's no, I've seen that. Yeah, I'm not gonna spoil it for anyone else who's listening. But like. Watch that, watch, watch that documentary. The Don Wall. The Don this Wall guy is loses fucking... his finger and he's like, he climbs the Don Wall in uh, Yosemite. It's insane. Yeah, yeah. Watch that and watch Meru. If you want to see like human, what human beings, what their our minds are capable of pushing ourselves through, it's, it's like almost exponential. Yeah. And you see it with a lot of motocross guys, like even with Tanner Ward this year. It's like he finally got that win that he'd been trying to get for so long, and now you can just you're gonna see like a confidence level boost in him yeah. coming in the next years. Yeah. Where it's like okay. He's just like, and he's like, he's got all the, the physical traits that you need to be a champ. He's just like, he's a he's a stud in terms of like genetics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's like, how do we rewire his mind? Not rewire it. So that's that's the wrong term. Sorry, not rewire it. How do we how do we develop his confidence and his ability to overcome the the pressures of racing, the pressures of his life, and the pressures of all this other stuff to perform in the day when you really need it to matter. Yeah. So I think that kind of goes back to like what you were talking about at the start of it was base, right? Like a lot of people would look at Tanner and go, well, he didn't win a championship. He wasn't, you know, doing all that this year. Well, building a base for next year or the year after or five years from now where solid season, he had some struggles, had some growth. Next year it can be a little more of this. Like We're always looking for consistency. Versus that, you know, um, man why can't i think of the word we were using that instant gratification yeah you know yeah. like he nobody may look at him and think there was any you know success or instant gratification in his program this year but then you really start looking at all the little wins and stuff and what that's going to build on for the next year with well, he's on a new like bike that. too and like just learning yeah. a new team and learning a new system and like you know he, he's starting to mature into a man now and like he's got all this other shit going on in his life that none of us know about which is which is like good yeah like that's like all things you're gonna have to learn, and he's like he's, I got nothing but good things to say about that kid. He's yeah. he's a a true like, genuinely, just a, a kind, caring, dedicated individual to his craft, and I I I have nothing but good things to say about that kid. Yeah, yeah. it's really it's really cool to see his progression. I'm happy to be working with him. Yeah. Who's Who's one of the athletes you worked uh, with this last year who you kind of saw the most progression or improvement out of? I know that's hard to do as a uh, and there's trainer, there's like honestly a lot of them. It's uh, or who are you most imp- uh, I shouldn't say impressed with, but like maybe an, an athlete in each category, mental, physical, um, and then put it all together. Well, this year with COVID, it's been a challenge because obviously yeah. we're not allowed to race this. So it's, it's yeah. like you're not allowed to even have the gym space. So it's yeah. like you're doing a lot of this stuff online and you're trying to see the progression. But um, the lo- the local kids in Alberta, especially the amateur kids, the communication that I've had with them and the, they see the progression, they see the work ethic that they're putting in. It's like, 
second to none from all the other athletes have trained. So that's like a really and that's and at a time where they could say, yeah, screw this, I'm not gonna here's do this. Here's all anymore. these like, yeah, yeah, no races. Here's out. like yeah, here's yeah, like maybe. some bullshit report. Like yeah. no, they're actually like holding themselves accountable. Like I want to improve with this. So sorry. To, to put me on the spot with that, it's like I I couldn't pick just one. Oh, of course not. Yeah, but no, it's but it's 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 been cool with COVID to see the way that everyone has adapted in a positive manner rather than a negative. It was easy right. to get negative right away. Yes, like yeah. super easy. Yeah. And nobody did. Well, like, I, I haven't. I there's no one that I train now that's on our roster that I could say that's been like falling at the wayside has been like I give up. No, yeah. not not one. Which, which, I, which in previous three years I couldn't say before. Yeah, and I think you, you hit the word there, accountability. Yeah, right? it's all, it all like, comes down to that. Any success, any improvement, any growth comes down to that accountability, mm-hmm. um, whether it's training We can't do the work for you. you have to, we can teach you the tools That's and right. show you the movements and show you yeah. the patterns of how we're going to train you there. We can't. I can't do the work for you. Yeah, and I think that's, that's where a lot of people look at high school too as a they, high school failed them or whatever is – they looked at a teacher who didn't teach them enough or this or that. Yep. But where was your accountability to take yourself and, and yep. you know, like there's thousands of other kids that got to learn the same thing. Mm-hmm. Where was your accountability for yep. learning it? Same but, with training, right? There's a thousand other racers who are going to try to win the pro nationals this year. You got to hold yourself accountable to do it because Brad's going to tell you what to do. But if you, if you just tell Brad you're doing it, it's no good. Well, and the thing is, you can you can make up a lot of bullshit. Yeah. When I was younger, I was like, I was at that age too. At one point, I was like, nah, I don't really feel like fucking tell my coach really that I didn't want to ride today, yeah. so I just won't. Well, it's like it's always gonna come out in the wash. Hear the stories of like Sorby running his bike in the garage <laughs> yeah. just to put just the, to hour the hour meter. meter up, right? Where's yeah. Sorby today? Yeah, sure, he was fast for a couple of years and yeah. and gone and out, never won a championship yeah. or nothing. Even though he had the speed, yeah, he had the talent. Didn't hold himself There's accountable There's a whole to, slew of those guys. Yeah. Well, yeah the list and is... I grew up in a, an area in road with a coach who was like Eastern European, hard as a motherfucker. Like his mentality was, I'm going to take a carton of eggs, excuse me, throw it against a brick wall. Whatever ones don't break are the ones you keep. It's like you're 19 starting to work with this guy. And I'm like, I'm not even a really a man yet. Yeah. And I'm like riding ridiculous hours and he would put us in a, like a corner of a of a like our a basement no tv no headphones allowed you ride and you face the wall for five hours right like you stare like i stare at like i stare at a uh a burgundy or a beige fucking piece of drywall <laughs> until i my i went nuts and they had to hold like a certain wattage or whatever he wanted us yeah. to do that was our training for the winter that was his mentality. He's like, if you crack this, you're a fucking piece of shit. <laughs> so that's like, okay. And for whatever reason, that works a little bit for me because I was just like, well, yeah, you're just going be, to become tough because yeah. you have to. But also the other side of the training thing, he's like, the science behind what he did was also like very legit. But that is like almost torturous. Like lock yourself in a room, ride your bike as hard as you can till you like hallucinate, I guess, or like, <laughs> Start thinking weird shit. <laughs> like, don't talk to anybody. You don't have your phone on you. Like, none of that shit. And then, so then I started my own, you know, avenue with migration. And it's like, I don't know if I want to do that with my athletes, but also, like, some of them, I'm like, okay, you need to start putting the work in and you need to be, like, hold yourself accountable because I'm not going to do this for you. 
Yeah. And some people just don't have it. That's fine. But you need to be honest with yourself and be like, I'm not cut out to do this shit. But don't do it for the image of like the sport. Do it because I really want to do this and I want to prove to whatever it is you want to prove yourself yeah. or your parents like the this is worth the money. This is worth the time. This is worth the effort. This is a huge sacrifice in your life. It's not just like a bullshit, like, oh, I could ride my bike every now and then and have fun. Like, no, if you're dedicating yourself to this training program, put in the work. Don't be a fucking piece of shit and pretend that you're doing the work so you look cool for all the girls or whatever the hell it is. Put in the work because you're going to regret it later in your life if yeah. you don't. That's my only advice yeah. really and going forward with this. You know, we talked about it earlier. I think we all regret certain things. And like, yeah. like I said, there's even those little yeah. things where... Yeah, never would have been a pro hockey player looking back at it. You know, just didn't have the talent and the size and the this. Yeah, some some of it's genetic. Probably could have made it work if with enough determination and skill. But man, I regret not just putting a little more into it. Yeah, taking that that one day and and instead of you know, like you said, just doing it for the image or whatever, being there. Yeah, actually stare at the wall and grind. Like, don't just sit on the bike and pedal. And and even going forward with life, like. His name was, well, I won't even say what his name was, but, like, I disagreed heavily with that that coach, and, like, we had a, a bit of a blow-up and, like, not a great ending, but, like, I learned so much later in life from him of, like, just, like, mental fortitude and being, like, okay, like, this is a shit time in your life. Remember when you were fucking riding your bike in a fucking basement staring at a piece of drywall yeah. to train for a goal that was, like, months down the road you couldn't even see yet, but you knew this is where, it, like, what it took. He's just like, I'm just going to go fucking through this shit to get to this point where I know I need to be. That teaches you something later in your life, whether that's in business or like whatever the avenue is that you decide to go into life. And more people need to experience that as much as it sucks when you're younger because it teaches you how to be resilient later in life. Because life is not going to be easy all the time. It's, it's going to be really shitty sometimes. Well, and that's why I'm a big proponent of pretty much everybody needs to get involved in some aspect of a sport. Yeah, you know, like I agree. it doesn't have to be an extreme sport or whatever. Yep. Or get involved in something that's going to teach you those lessons that you need later on in your life. Like you don't realize you're learning those things as a kid in those sports and programs to- and team stuff. and individual yes. and individual. Yeah. Sorry, you can't just have like one or the other. Yep. You should do both yep. when, from a very young yep. age. Again, diversify as yep. we've said probably five thousand times now, right? Like yep. it, it teaches you more down, and uh, you know I'm saying that as a young person still mm-hmm. oh, yeah. what am i going to say when we I'm, don't know shit yet <laughs> yeah what am i going to say when i'm 50 60 years old like my parents are going yeah you don't know shit like you probably think you know because we don't you don't know <laughs> yeah. shit and i'm going oh yeah i've had all these life experiences so far yeah well yeah they've taught me how to get to here and then i'm still going to look back on those and you know understand more about how i got to it how you get further and things like that yep and that's why i think when you do do get older you understand like the hardships aren't as hard as you as you thought they were when you were twenty. It's always gonna build on that, right? Yeah, you just go. It's oh, like it's positivity builds on positivity, negativity will build yeah. on negativity. Yeah. yeah. But you, yeah, you have to you have to go through that really shitty shit. Build some resilience to build some resilience to go forward, yeah. or you're going to be a fucking worthless piece of shit yeah. trying to get through you know whatever the hell life throws at you. Because yeah. there will be times in your life where you will wish you had some of that toughness younger or when you were younger because it's it's going to come to you regardless of of how tough you are yeah like how tough you're born is like is irrelevant you need yeah. to develop those those traits and those skills to progress in your life yeah. regardless where you come from 
So I think that it's it's yeah, like you said, it's very important for people to play sports, try different things, and you have to just learn how to be like, I need to go after this goal, although I fucking don't even know if this is what I really want to do. See it through. Like don't just don't just pull the plug and give up. See it through to the end. Well, that's and then you know where my parents talk about like university and hiring people, right? Like half the companies don't care what you went to university for. They honestly don't give a shit what you went to university they for. They just want to know they just you want to see you can finish something. Yeah. You took four years. You finished something. All right, you you can probably stick it out four years with us. Hundred percent. Oh, you only made it a year into your program. Gave up. Started another one. Went a year. Started another one. You ain't gonna last six months here. Exactly. Yeah. Right? Why would we want to hire somebody like that? Yep. No, that's not to say that, you know Let's say school's for everybody. It's not Yeah, school's not for everybody and you know, maybe the people who didn't want to go through school go on and do things better themselves and like everybody's different and can go do those different things, but there's definitely something to be said for finishing something that you found out wasn't necessarily for you halfway through or whatever. Yep. But yeah, it's only another year. Finish it off. Like, don't quit in year three. Yeah. Right? Well, you're only a couple of weeks into a program and you realize, holy shit, this is way wrong. Yeah, get out of Yeah, well, you still <laughs> have time four at years that point. doing that. Yeah. But, you know, totally. if you're in year three, just, you might as well finish it. What's the year? might as well year? get through it. Right. Or not, even, but it also, though, like, if you know, if you fucking know, like, this is not for me. Yeah. And then you go do something else and you, like, but then you stick through that for, 20 years and you grind it out, then it's fair enough. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But you better damn well... Not that you better know, but it's like, if you're going to do that, you're going to change that risk, because I've, like, I've been that guy where I'm like, fuck this shit, I'm going to do this other thing my own yeah. way. You better stick it out and like, you're going to have to live in your car or like yeah. eat ramen noodles for six months or whatever the, whatever the hell it is to get to the goal where you're like, no, this is actually what I want, regardless of what everyone else says. Yeah. Resilience comes in many different forms. Not just school or like this, this yeah, path. It's, it's everything. It's just one example. It's everything. Use, right? Yeah. But. Yeah, I think that's a good way to to sum up. Anything you need to, to know about life, you need to be resilient. Pretty you much. need to develop those neural pathways that allow you to be tough, but also have empathy for other people. Yeah. How to adapt. Yeah. Adapt. Overcome. Overachieve, whatever, whatever that saying is. Oh, man. That's good. This has been great. Time we got? I don't know. Probably two and a half hours? Uh, 2.40, I think. What time of the night is it, even? I don't know. That's 11 (laughs) o'clock. Oh, shit. That's a good one. We'll wrap it up, I think. What do you think? Good to go? That's good. That was... Awesome. Thanks for having me, boys. Yeah, really thanks appreciate for coming it. That was, that was fun. Yeah. Hopefully, we'll do that again. This is one of my favorite oh, yeah. podcasts, I think, right. so far. Yeah. yeah, we'll have you back on in a few weeks, you know. Yeah, <laughs> 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 to edit this one. <laughs> well, like I said, if you want to just talk training one time, we'll just, we'll we just talk about We that, talked but. like quite a bit of everything, right? Yeah. yeah. But we'll bring, uh, but so it we would bring be cool to like dive into some training stuff a like little more specifically. Really scientific. Yeah, like, people yeah, are, you know. like ask people if they want to know that stuff. We, like, well, I'm happy to talk about I was thinking that. about this earlier. Like, we should have really put something out earlier for, like, a Q&A, yeah. but I, I didn't think of it. Well, you're in town, not every day, but, like, fairly recently. Pretty re- Like, yeah, anytime yeah, you want, I can, I can drive yeah. in for a day, too, and do it. And yeah. we can bring Corey in, too. Corey would be good. Yeah, Corey's really a really good, good guy to have on here because he's really, really knowledgeable on the strength side of things. And he's better at articulating, like, the process of it than I am. Well, again, that's where having the diversity of both of you sitting there, there would be just perfect. <laughs> yeah. He's just a wee little fella, but he's, you know. <laughs> he's got he, some fucking quads on him, he, though. Quadzilla. <laughs> Quadzilla. Yeah. No, yeah, he'd be a good guest to have if you guys want to talk. Just I training, we can do a Q&A. Yeah. You can even do a live Q&A for us yeah. if you want. Oh, 
We should do live live do podcast live one day. Let's do it. Should do it. Well, well, now like we could do that live, no problem. Oh. We had no glitches. You no guys have the technology. I gotta piss yeah. so okay, bad right now though. I'm gonna wrap this up right, and thanks. Thanks for having me, boys. Yeah, thanks, Brad. Yeah, yeah. It's good to finally be here. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah.